This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. <laughs> it's all just quiet, and Sunny just a slight gremlin face into the cam. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Aetherite Radio Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV <laughs> podcast. Hey there. Welcome to. Sorry, I didn't uh-huh. everything. I just suddenly was struck with that, like, you know, on all those TV shows where it, like, starts, like, they're trying to do some kind of conversation and somebody's, like, reading a book and then they're just like, oh, oh fancy meeting you here. <laughs> and they just shut it. Hello I had to go there. For it. <laughs> Welcome in. Like, like, takes off your sweater like Mr. Rogers gets another different yeah. sweater mm-hmm. from the closet. <laughs> yeah. It's a wonderful day sweater, in okay. my neighborhood. How about you? <laughs> Did you brush your teeth and comb here. your hair this yeah. morning, five-year-old? You know, Aww. I was just trying something. I was just trying something. Mm-hmm. But Fusion, I'll let you get back I think it to worked. it. I'll let you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank this you. is, this is off to a great it's start. Worked. I think we're going to be super on topic today. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Fusion X. Joining us today, we've got Zanidra, we've got Aldino, and we've got Rook. Um, quick couple, few, few, three. That's that's few. Yeah. Uh, a few. Quick few uh, news items. Uh, if you would like to have a little saucer and a teacup and raise that teacup to your mouth hole and look like you're drinking from it, you can now buy that. I've already purchased it twice. I can inform <laughs> you that the, uh, the, the level of the tea in it moves. So when mm. you tip it up, oh, the tea moves. That's, that's, it works underwater too, just to let people know. <laughs> I have so I mean, many questions. Yeah. <laughs> This is a perfect emote. This is an excellent top tier emote, if I do say so myself. I can't believe it wasn't already in the game. Mm-hmm. I am so glad it's in the game now. Excellent. I love this one. Mm-hmm. I will be getting much use out of it. Yes. This is like one I'm of those things that... if I worked on the game and somebody asked me how a teacup mm-hmm. holds liquid underwater, I'd just be like, uh, Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Obviously. You know, slightly, slightly bummed that it's not like continuous but if you time mm-hmm. it just right you can make it look continuous <laughs> mm. make i was, I was actually really really pleased because um don't murder me everybody i'm really sorry i have really good luck uh i was able to move one of my houses into a large and ishgard and i decided that i was going to make a tea house like a, a tea room a fancy tea room and now there's mm-hmm. a tea moat so i'm excited tea moat that's good uh, tea moat i noticed what you're Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's up on the mug station if you want to pick that up. Um, also, uh, there is a new weapon design contest. Just in case you didn't get enough of the one that we just had the results for, uh, this one's going to be Reaper and Sage focused. Um, so if you have ideas for weapons, for no Reaper focuses and Sage. as Red Mage. All right, I mean, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for us today. <laughs> I mean, Black Mage technically also has a focus crystal, so you know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and they're hard. Like time. where? They're supposed I mean, canonically the they're supposed to on their staff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They gotta have one. So what about what about White Mage then? Is that also a focus crystal? They just turn Tangent. people into pigs. I we don't know how anything works. I don't think so. I don't think they canonically do. No. I this is the fun maybe they, they have do. A, they have a bacon have focus. Check. They just have a strip yeah. of bacon in their pocket, like candied bacon. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Like there is a small subsect of the Final Fantasy XIV role playing community that is deeply and just hyper detail oriented on the specifics yeah. of white mage versus black mage. 
And I only know about the focus thing because I did have somebody once try to tell me off for making a character that would maybe be able to use both the white and black magic because they were like, I'm the focus though. And I was like, they switch it. They have more than one focus. Yep. That's feasible. <laughs> I'll put down one staff and pick up another. Yes. It's a thing I can do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, if you want to do that, uh, you can enter that. Um, and then if you, <laughs> just in case you haven't mm -hmm. read the five previous housing lottery system issue follow-ups, right. we've got one more for you. Um, they figured everything out. Um, so there's going to be a maintenance on Monday, May 16th, um, that will fix the identified errors and properly relay lottery results the affected plots to the appropriate servers so uh the winning lottery numbers will now be displayed correctly and land purchases may uh, be finalized accordingly um they also say this is this one's wild um so if it's you like real estate it's free real mm -hmm. estate yeah um if you like lost because of like the winning number is zero thing and you took your money back uh, they're gonna add an NPC where you can voluntarily give back the money. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Okay. Uh, for those people with a, a weird in-game yeah. roleplay conscience, I guess. Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's such a weird I don't know. thing. And it's not even gonna be with this patch. It's gonna be introduced in 6.2. Yeah. So it's gonna so be have to like remember. weeks after you actually get the house. Be like, you know, I really should probably pay for this house. It's it's so yeah. it's no, such a weird thing. Not gonna lie, like if this had happened to me, which it did not, um, I would probably just use the money to buy furniture. Yeah, most likely. I I yeah. uh, I normally like don't buy anything. I craft it all up, and it takes hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And, and, and they, I know they want the money to go out of the economy. That's part of the mm -hmm. the reason that prices are what they are. But sure. also like. If it moves around, that's good too. Just yeah. give it to the crafters. The crafters yeah. have earned that money, and they've yeah. been They're waiting for rich, this money let's too. Be honest, yeah. well, they but have they've been, been waiting for this money. Yeah, I mean, it's been yeah. so long. I mean, I even keep doing double takes when I I ran into one of the wards recently because I went, oh yeah, I haven't unlocked that yet because I mm -hmm. I didn't even try with the rush. I was like, I'm good where I'm at. I've got my you know house all set up. I'm fine. But uh, I did like a double take in the ward, and I was sitting there going. Oh my gosh, right, the housing, it's not open yet. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all empty. When you think about all the crafters that like spent so long prepping all the furnishing items <laughs> mm -hmm. that they knew were gonna like sell like hotcakes the I'm moment just, that housing went up. I'm yeah. just imagining now, you know those like really sad like adopt an animal type commercials, <laughs> right? Where they got like some sappy music. That but yeah. with like I don't know, do we have like Ishgardian like housing like partitions? Was that a thing? Just like all these like Love different furniture the pieces the dragon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or just yes. 20,000 gil you can adopt yeah. your very own <laughs> I'm sure that like somebody will honor system return their yeah. gil because that yeah. is just our beautiful it. community but yeah honestly at this point with all the goofery and the nonsense and the emotional damage <laughs> the yeah. day when you realize that you had somehow been slighted a house yeah. with a zero role and no other competitors I'm, I get some furniture 
yeah. support your local crafters Treat and gatherers. Treat yourself a little bit, you yeah. know? I can't. It's Granted, all those crafters are probably already super rich, but like, you know, make it easier on yourself. Yeah. Make them more rich. Get Isn't that what? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So that's that. Um, so if you were affected by that, um, that's something to keep out for. Um, there will be. If a... you were affected by that, congratulations. <laughs> you rich. Um, there will be another uh, lottery cycle. Um, that'll start up on Thursday, May 26th. Um, and then they'll get back into having the five-day entry period and the four-day results period that they were planning to have originally when the patch you know went what live. Just blows my mind. If mm. uh, right after the housing drop happened, you went, "Ah, oh, crap! I missed it," and you made a free company. It's been long enough now that you could now buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> or it will be yeah. by the time mm -hmm. uh, the 26 rolls around. So there you go. That's that. Now we're gonna shrugger, get into shrugger, shrugger. a super fun topic. I know, mm -hmm. Aldi. Know you can just see the excitement on his face. He is just. Hold on, let me get slightly further away. Yeah, I'm just gonna just go to Ultimate Tool to start. Uh, that's where I want to be. You're gonna talk about this. I'm just gonna go ahead and back up to the edge of the <sighs> universe. It's nice out here. It's quiet. There's no housing. There's there's no missing ears. It's nice. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, da, well, why da, are there da, missing ears? Did I? Hrothgar. I was talking about Hrothgar. Oh, we were talking about housing, okay. so I went to the next thing. I'm no, like, we can't so, talk I'm about here. Yeah, we can't. I was like, I we think I, about, I missed a memo. We can't talk about that because then we'll spend five hours talking about that exactly. and not the actual topic. Oh, so, God. Yeah. But I think it might yes. be a bullet point somewhere. Oh, no. There's oh, a very. No. Well, look. We will get to it when we get to it. Al, yeah. do you know, we're going to need you to simultaneously be an Ultima Thule and with us, much like the spaceship. Mm -hmm. And we're all going to have to tackle this together because this has been a huge topic, a huge topic the last couple weeks in a way that honestly, I was surprised by. This yeah. rears its head. It periodically comes up. But I think that the world's first race, paired with everything else, paired mm -hmm. with recent mm -hmm. action, paired with all the things that we're going to talk about today. A lot today. of new people who need to hear it again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this and is... especially new people coming from other MMOs, mm -hmm. where this is a very different situation. So. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This, this week and, and this this letter from Yoshida, it's like way back on over here. It's like you know, like sometimes when you like you have like one sip of coffee and automatically your body's like, okay, time to go. We're gonna go drop the kids off at Lake Kohler, right? It's like that. That has been this week, and we're here to help Febreze the shit out of it for you. Come back, Aldino. You have vanished. We need you to be our right. Ragnarok. <laughs> Come okay. Ragnarok, our okay. World. So um, I got so many of these ready. <laughs> So before we get into it, um, real quick, things we are not going to be talking about. All right. We want to make this clear. Uh, we are not going to be dropping a list of all the different third party tools here. We are not here to like, tell you this is a third party tool that does this. Not mm -hmm. by name. Not by name. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We will describe some of them. Uh, mm -hmm. but we're not like here. You know, we're not advertising yeah. for them. They didn't pay us for this. We would take their money if they yeah. paid us for this. Um, and we don't use them. No. Um, yeah. Additionally, we will not be naming streamers that have been seen using third-party tools. The the drama ship has just been exhausting yeah. to watch this week. I'm just going to throw that. It's been exhausting watching Twitter, watching uh, Twitch stuff. It's just, we're not getting into that at all. Like, it's, yep, we're done. Um, so there you go. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna start this out easy, right? If you are new to this entire conversation, what are third-party tools and add-ons? 
Um, so the gist of it, right? They are programs or files not made by Square Enix um, that do interact somehow with the Final Fantasy XIV client. It might mm -hmm. just read memory. It might try and manipulate data. It might change data via like visual elements. Um, typically, okay. right now, the idea in the community that's been going around is every single third-party tool or add-on is cheating. No. <laughs> Some can be used for cheating. Um, you know, if, if you've listened to the, the show for a while, you'll know that uh, for a while we've been talking about the idea of that, that back in 5.2, when they made it so you can't move markers during battle. Um, you know, we've, we've had some, some things to say about yep. that. That was a direct result of a third-party tool that would move those automatically during fights, uh, specifically in Epic of Alexander. Um, mm -hmm. It would basically just move all the markers around and basically guide the players around the fight. Um, that's cheating. That's a cheating third party tool. Um, and so, you know, obviously if stuff crazy like that happens, right? Yeah. Players are going to see repercussions and then they're going to have to address it somehow. Um, mm -hmm. But third party tools and add-ons, it can also be something cosmetic. Um, like you could change your character's wardrobe, right? You could get some kind mm -hmm. of different gear that's not in the game by using this stuff. Um, and then of course we have like the mods versus add-ons thing. Like what's the difference between them, right? Um, for mods, like the majority of them are going to be client side cosmetics um, and graphical enhancements. Mm -hmm. Like I said, different armor or whatever, right? Um, sometimes there's managers to help like change that stuff around with your files. It's, it's a lot of like file yeah. swapping, right? Um, where, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about 11 a lot too, but I, I, yeah. I did, I did mod some stuff in 11. Like I'll, I'll, I'll admit mm -hmm. it. It's basically you say, okay, I have this gear, but I'm going to take that model and swap it with a file for this model. Now that gear looks like this. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Um, and a lot of them could just be like, you know, plop, plopped right into your dat folder and it just replaces something and that's it. Add-ons, yeah. um, are something that interact with the game client. Um, they can be officially supported. Um, by the game's developers, sometimes, depending on the game developer. Um, or they'll rely on uh, fan-made or community-made uh, tools. So, all right. And I actually, I wanted to ask really mm -hmm. fast, because, yes. I'll, you know, I think that you can clarify this. Client-side uh, versus in-the-game client. Sorry. Like, what, what would you say the distinction is there? For me, of how I understand it, client-side is mostly, like, on your personal computer, mm -hmm. your yes. system, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and you know that's kind of why it's it's a server that they have and a client that you use as a window basically into the server with a lot of other stuff in it. And you can change things on your side. Like you can't go and change it on their side usually unless you're doing <laughs> a lot of bad things, but yeah. client side is on your machine with your files and you doing things. So yeah, that would be the the distinction and the client itself is just the game running on your machine right so that that would be kind of the distinction there yeah i mean a lot of your a lot of the stuff that you're going to see is is probably going yeah. to be the mod client side type of stuff mm -hmm. um i have a you know like i have a different ui or something like my windows yeah. look different than your windows or something yeah um whereas you know add-ons um that's that's like the really the bad stuff like when it starts to let you yeah. do stuff that you shouldn't do like 
clipping into mm-hmm. geometry or just moving your character from A to B without right. anything. You, you know, know when you see RMT just out in the field. And yes. They're like, yeah. I decide yeah. I want to be somewhere else. And they go like that. Yeah, uh, that's that's more server side interaction. Yeah, there was a there was a question in the chat that I'll I'll just get to a little bit uh, about a certain let's say application that can try to make your ping lower or emulate what it would be like to have a lower ping. And those are kind of like weirdly in between, but it's still more client side. It, it would be like using a VPN, right, mm-hmm. uh, to get to a place to get there faster. Um, now I, I'm not familiar with the actual workings of that one. Yeah. I don't know how it's doing it. So I, I wouldn't be able to tell you on a technical level, but it's probably more like that the in between somewhere. There's actually yeah. something really interesting that we'll get to later yeah. when we're talking about other games and add-ons that yeah. was specifically about, uh, that type of add-on in a different game. That was mm-hmm. really fascinating. So, um, yeah, I mean, these people use these for all sorts of different things mm-hmm. and how they can affect or how they affect, you know, either the game itself or your files can can vary. Right. And that's partially where we get into all these like in between half things kind of does it all yeah. right. Not all right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, OK, so then let's just get into the nitty gritty. Like what tools are there? What are the things out there that we've seen that you can do or modify or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously parsing is the big one right things that can mm-hmm. report in game damage logs and do calculations and all that kind of stuff um, similarly rating overlays right stuff that will display those damage logs in real time right in front of you right. um, but also there's a like a, a worse side of that where um, you it can do call outs for you it can tell you hey this thing's about to happen mm-hmm. you know it starts to get a little you know once you get into the the a little deeper down that rabbit hole uh, but there's also graphical shaders right i'm sure if anybody has a twitter account and follows anything 14 related you've yeah. probably seen people taking really pretty pictures because they're using graphical shaders uh, which is mm-hmm. one of these client side things where you can basically change how the game gets rendered you can adjust the contrast mm-hmm. and the shadows and, and how things get rendered um again character mods it's just simple cosmetic stuff client side your end nobody else would see it um housing plugins um, that allow free placement of items when the housing menu, uh, it's it's basically like the no glitch floating stuff. You know when people do like super crazy stuff with housing, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Basically, um, that makes it so that you don't have to glitch, like glitch yeah. weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. as if it naturally were just I pick up the thing, I place it. It's Final it, Fantasy. You can float that furniture wherever you want. <laughs> um, and then you can, of course, you know, design and plan spaces without needing to. Uh, have the items in your inventory it's, yeah right uh gpost tools again similar to uh some of the stuff with um you know graphical shaders or character mods shaders, right where yeah. you can preview all the gear and the game on your character you can load in other character models um you know back in my day we just had a third-party application called uh what was it altana viewer you just it was like a model viewer sounds right back in my yeah, day like that. Um, was that 11 was that 11 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i forgot about that um, it, also being able to like more specifically custom pose characters yeah. for like shots outside yep. of just emotes or like lining up emote timings to try and get yeah. some kind of look or gesture or movement if yeah. you guys have seen all those videos recently of people uh like five people dancing in sync together that is mm-hmm. way a mod yeah absolutely 
Um, and then, of course, uh, quality of life plugins, which are the weird ones, right? Yeah, it's quality yeah. of life, but like, hmm. Um, this is stuff like a global data center market board or chat box, uh, chat box, chat mm-hmm. box. What's a chat box? Chat um, you can buy this plugin for only 20 for chat bucks. Um, chat box <laughs> customization um, and chat bubbles where if somebody talks, they'll have like a little speech bubble over their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm sure there's more out there, right? There's, there's oh, yeah. also been um, one of the, the other ones that's kind of picked up a lot of notoriety lately is one that will basically give that your, you know, your little, your typical like don't stand in this orange AOE to things that don't typically have that. Um, right. Stuff like that. Like that's, that's the bad stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've even seen some of those, though, that change the color of like AOE markers to mm-hmm. make them more visible to people specifically. Yeah. And we'll get into both the pros and cons. Like, I yeah. mean, because again, like a lot of this stuff, when we in the moment might say like, that's the bad stuff. Um, it might be that like, that's where some of the things start crossing the line into areas mm-hmm. where Square Enix has taken action. Yep. But the ways that those are being used may not necessarily be good or bad, right? right. There may be like, a lot of actual pros and cons to how people are using these or why they might need to use these or choose to use these. Yeah. And and it, and it gets tricky because as, as we'll discover, as we go through all this, it, there's so much gray area in all of this. Um, right. But let's, let's, let's go back in time a little bit. Um, <laughs> this is a 14 podcast, but I thought it was incredibly relevant and important to look at square Enix's history as a company. Um, with third-party tools and their MMO, specifically Final Fantasy XI, which, of course, I have a lot of experience with. Yeah. Um, so one of the biggest things with Final Fantasy XI that we had for for a long time uh, was a tool called Windower, which essentially, right, as the name might imply, mm-hmm. let you run the game in a windowed mode. Remember, Final Fantasy XI is, is, what, 20 years old in six days. Uh, it released at a time when maybe that wasn't a terribly common thing in PC games. Exactly. Um, and so the community was like, well, that's silly, because if you like alt tabbed out of full screen 11, it, the whole thing died yeah. and you had to re-log it in to play online, launch the client. Yeah. It, was a, it was a pain. It was a pain. So um, the community made their own windower. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, with this, there were some plugins and stuff. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, but one of the things that Square Enix did, uh, and it's something that they, they do continue to do, um, is that they announced their own windowed mode. They saw that, hey, this is a thing that the community wants. We need to make an official one. Um, and so at FanFest 2007, we actually, if you go to our Gamer Escape YouTube and like it's, it's around, we actually have like old ass like 480p footage of this when they <laughs> announced it. Uh, go check it out if you feel like uh, if you want to be nostalgic. But yeah, they made their own <laughs> Windower client uh, or version for eleven, mm-hmm. and it performed worse than the community made one. Um, this is they, often the case, and it's something we will undoubtedly talk about more right. later. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that implementation. It's it is so funny. You don't think back to the fact that. I mean, really, even stuff like windowed full screen now being something that is like a mm-hmm. baseline. Yeah. Every yeah. game, like if I encounter a game that doesn't have windowed full screen, I'm like, what is happening with this game? Why? And yet, when you think back to something like Eleven, I mean, yeah, it had not become a huge trend to have mm-hmm. these options. You know, maybe even your computers oh didn't God. multitask as much. You didn't have as many mm-hmm. programs right. running simultaneously. You didn't have as many things that you were doing or other tools. 
So, I mean, the community stepping in to realize, like, as they started using technology in other ways uh, to create a way to make the game accessible mm -hmm. for that is is yeah. really fascinating. Like, look, and I, have two I, I run monitors. three monitors. Your game needs to play friendly with mm -hmm. with all three Hi, of Fusion. my monitors. Uh -huh. Yes. Do you remember how old you were when you started playing Eleven? Oh, God. It mm -hmm. would have been... Because I started... I, I vividly remember taking the Brady game strategy guide to school mm -hmm. to look at it and be like, what class should I try next? Um, school. Yep. That would have been 2005. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I was 17. So, yeah. Um, I was I was I'm, close to that. Yeah. I was around six now. Uh, yeah. As we know, the, tw the 20th anniversary thing is like happening like right now, really. Yeah. Oh man. It so hurts when a when Fusion's talking about like yeah when they used to do this with mods mods have been around for a while you guys yeah. oh I mean for no, yeah. ages oh yeah so longer than that of course yeah. but even like, before uh, even before Square, Square Enix Square, is, yes yeah Square Enix specifically it's been yeah. a long time I yeah, should not have left you yeah <laughs> um I mean in in eleven though like plugins right ended up being developed for a window where it became like this whole thing right it wasn't just mm -hmm. a windowed mode anymore. It allowed you to easily gear swap. Um, you can yep. have gear swap macros. I mean, in in eleven, um, one of the the big kind of core things in a game in that game was like, for every ability, you would swap in different gear to like mm -hmm. min max the stats. Like, if you were a white mage, you could have like items that gave you cure potency. If you were casting a cure, mm -hmm. each of your cure macros would swap in that gear cast the thing and then put your other gear on um and it's just that was just how the game was um yeah. as a red mage trying to land in feebling magic you switch to each you always individual swap out that elemental, elemental stave <laughs> yeah even on bard like all, any so any caster money. class yeah yeah i i i uh, all my gill i made a really good decision and leveled bard during the big rmt inflation that was a mistake um, oh yeah any and it, I was if, a black mage. if you know you yep. know um, mm -hmm. black, <laughs> mage mage, black mage had to have each elemental staff mm -hmm. for their enfeebles and for their actual elemental uh casting yeah. and this was spells. this was a game where the elemental oh. wheel was a thing too so like you really needed to to, to do yeah. the dance with I, all um, that mm -hmm. i think back to the thing that i said at the start of stream about the white mage black mage uh <laughs> duo yeah. combo rp debate and now i just imagine like an old crusty 11 player sorry 11 players <laughs> Like coming out from the wings, like with crusty. seven different staves, just like back in my day, <laughs> yeah. even just playing Black Mage, I had to switch to seven different. Rook, Rook has has fifteen minutes and eleven, so she's an expert now. <laughs> I am. I'm a master and a champion, and I'm pretty sure I've accomplished uh, all that can be accomplished in the game. So, but anyway, yep. uh, other things you That's could do true. with like window and plugins, you could customize the UI. You could customize like your UI sound options. Mm -hmm. um, you could have more readable icons obviously this was a game made on ps2 architecture uh on a higher res monitor some things didn't look so good um but you know that's also um one of the things they added there was also a plugin that would show tp of your party members in the party menu that wasn't a thing you used to see originally but since then and a lot of this came after the release of 14 they did go through and they did add more hd icons they've added you know tp into uh, the party list, they have added mm -hmm. some of these things. Uh, maybe a little late and past that point of it mattering, but they did add them, right? And that's important to note. Um, 
but yeah because that's very important to know because of this right because of of right at the core of that fundamental feature of a windowed mode right uh, mm-hmm. the general consensus was that like yeah everybody uses this thing yes it's against yeah. the rules but it's because of, of the failure of square enix to accommodate this right that's a big yeah. part of a lot of different add-ons especially things um in ways of like ui mods right it's we need this or we want this and the company or the developer hasn't delivered so we need to do it ourselves um mm-hmm. but did we though i mean the windowed mode thing is pretty bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> i played that's uh, rough that's rough. yeah i mean in that case sure i um i played on console yeah my entire time playing 11 Ooh. so i never had that issue but it was a console and i didn't need to tab out so. yeah, i remember on ps2 going to change because the game launched i mean it, it didn't ever add anymore but it had like i don't know eight different ui like backgrounds i remember playing on ps2 oh, yeah. the game would just lock up for like 10 or 15 seconds as it changed that background <laughs> oh it took forever yeah um, i played on pc it is an interesting thing to think about particularly with 14 and the fact that it bridges multiple platforms and not only that because both of those sides of the community and going all the way back to 11 this has been a thing and it's been a really unique thing about uh the final fantasy mmos uh because they were bridging that and then they also were trying to make crossplay compatible like with 14 um it's just that's a very difficult thing, right? Because you do have an entire portion of your population that might be experiencing the game in a very specific way. So if you're only developing for one platform, then you do lead to these weird issues. Like Zen, the fact that for you, it wasn't really a problem because you know you were going, oh yeah, well, I'm on a console. But for PC players who were doing other things or multitasking or using other resources on a, you know, a platform that was capable of it, Suddenly, this was something that was like, well, why can't I do this on my computer and window the game? <laughs> like, why can't yeah. I tab out of this game? You know? Yeah, and I mean, and- especially for for like the the end game players, the idea of mm-hmm. like these gear swapping macros. I mean, you had to play on PC, right? You had yeah. to use Windower. Um, and it's but you could you could do that on console. You could, I, you but yeah, there's just right, extra you that can. you could do. Yeah, so like for example, right for people that didn't play Eleven. Um, you would get, oh gosh, like five or six like lines in a macro, right? Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to swap out like all of your gear, you would then, in theory, need to hit like two or three different macros, then hit the weapon scale or ability macro, then hit another two or three macros to put like your normal like auto attack gear back on. You could do it. Yes. Yeah. Or you could use a window plugin that lets you put all of that in a text document and it just calls that up and you're done. Yeah. You actually, you had to, uh, there was a, a macro line you could put in your macro that would send it to another macro line. Mm-hmm. So you're like, that, hit yeah. button, put on five pieces of gear, next, go to next button. I need to yep. hit hit button, yep. put on five pieces they, of gear, they hit next have, button, hit staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, to follow up on the two, like this is another thing where they did add a way in game to to work with this they have um different uh what do they call like mog wardrobes or something so like you can have gear sets now and you can call those Mm. up um and then you can also set them as like static or whatever so you essentially can use it as like a glamour too yeah Mm. i mean this is this is a lot of stuff that like i've i've dabbled in a little bit but i mean i stopped playing a while ago um but these features were were there so i mean it's it's stuff that um initially right the community's like we need this they took it upon themselves to do it and then eventually Square Enix is like, we should probably add that officially. Yeah. 
Well, that's was, something. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Aldenow. Uh, it was just like you can do it on a console with the the redirects, but yeah. it was ever so slightly faster with the third party mm-hmm. tool. Mm-hmm. And a lot, I played Red Mage, but I really hated that they could solo because it changed the way that they balanced it. it Suck. Anyway, th- one of the people who was really great at soloing used the kind of push around macros to one to another. And when more of the like gear set kind of third party stuff came out, it all of a sudden became a lot easier for other people to do it because you had less of a lead time. Mm. And so you could get closer to death without yeah. dying, right? So it was like, it, it, it slightly, slightly better. It was still garbage. Like it, it, <laughs> like it is garbage. There was, I mean, yeah. there was also that component too, where um, there was a plugin called No Blink, where originally, yeah. if you swap your gear out during battle, your character kind of like hoofs for a second, right, to reload the model, but then it mm-hmm. will also like untarget the mob. Yep. Um, and so there was a plugin that helped address that. Like there were really a lot of great yeah. quality of life things, right? Um, and. It's I mean, it's so interesting because oftentimes players, since they are the ones who are engaging from like a purely recreational standpoint mm-hmm. in the game, right? Like they have chosen to come and play the game. And so as they go through that experience and put the hours into it, they themselves get into the flow of understanding, okay, so like what's your battle system? How do you use it? Okay, how do I make that more usable for myself? Mm-hmm. How do I continue to improve off mm-hmm. this? And that becomes like a focus of theirs in a way that developers who have this much larger scale, they've got all these other things that they're thinking mm-hmm. about. And then, of course, teams that are dedicated to certain experiences. Um, it's just different in the way that either side engages with it. Yeah. So to have something in the game like this kind of combat system and you're taking a stock of, you know, what are the different components of this combat system? OK, well, to really be effective, you have to use these different things because of this stuff that we put mm-hmm. in. So you have to use this gear with this thing in mm-hmm. order to do well. Like now, does everybody have to do that or like you can't do anything in the game? No, but obviously with the systems you've created, that is a facet and component of learning how to excel or how to best use your class so yeah yeah, so then it becomes also a facet of that where while players obviously are always looking for the ways to streamline that the most as part of your design mentality right bridging the gap between the features and the traits that are are part of your mechanical experiences in the game and then creating systems that build off of that and empower players to engage with those in a way that is like convenient mm-hmm. in a sense but that like it's just a part of how you're designing around what you already <laughs> put in the game if that, you know yeah. right that's yeah. what developers want to do and need to do so where we start seeing i think some of this this lag like you were describing with 11 or things where you have these systems but maybe the actual development doesn't catch up as fast with Mm -hmm. the ways that players are discovering i need to do this to play what you've made and then it becomes this thing of like catch up or do we ignore it or do we think that you know but oftentimes it is just a need based off of what you've already implemented into the game right this is um a key distinction between UX and UI. So UI is the user interface, right? It's the thing that you press buttons on and it does stuff. UX is the user experience. And that is a lot of research that companies do nowadays. Like this is not a, it, mm-hmm. it, I think it was more around the time of 11, honestly. People were starting to realize that, yes, the UI is good enough. Well, if we listen to the users, they say that it's not, but it is 
functional, but the experience sucks. So then you get into user stories. You actually research and say, how does it feel to do this? What do you and don't you like? And yeah, this was a little bit before that thinking. Everything was a monolith Mm -hmm. and it was, they'll figure it out. It's fine. You'll figure it out. We know you will. And it's not callous. Like I'm saying, and it sounds callous, but it's just, it's the way that it was. Yeah. And you design it and and the UI is fine. Yeah. And I mean, there's always that mentality too, with with it being an MMO, right? Of, oh, we can Mm -hmm. just patch it. I mean, I think it's important to remember too, that this was a game helmed by Hiromichi Tanaka, who we all know worked on 1.0. And then polygons, didn't. and he's polygon. Um, mm-hmm. They I mean they actually um, during one of the last big uh, fan fests for eleven, they announced that they were going to have a new UI. Mm-hmm. Never happened. Uh, I think it went onto the test server once or twice, but but the reality of it was they were still having to use a PS2 architecture to make this UI. Yeah, um, and eventually, you know, it, it, it was the problem of what they were developing with the new UI couldn't mm-hmm. keep up with the stuff they were adding to the game. And right. they ended up just stopping it. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously at this point, right? Like Square Enix had to be aware of Windower, right? Everybody was talking yeah. about it. Everybody was using it um, for Definitely. a while. They used to have things called premiere sites uh, for final fantasy 11. It was like part of their fan site thing. You would have some fan sites, but then you'd have like premiere sites for a long time uh one of them was it was a you know back remember forums it's like discord but (laughs) not quite as quick um yeah (laughs) there was a there was a forum that had a section for downloading different like mods and stuff like there's no way square enix didn't know about this they knew about it they know the things existed they know where people could find this stuff right Mm -hmm. um going even even further back in 2014 um, right after uh, 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're starting, we're slowly starting to get into 14. Um, right when 2.0 was announced, um, they did a series of interviews, and one of them was with one of the biggest uh, Final Fantasy XI like, fan forums. Um, and they'd asked a question, because originally for 2.0, they're like, oh yeah, I mean, even back for 1.0, they're like, yeah, 14, we'll have, we'll have add-on support. Mm-hmm. That, that was a thing that was gonna that was a thing um and so they asked you know if, if they're gonna release like a developer kit to help create ads for the mm-hmm. game and stuff um and you know it's just like yeah we'll we'll probably look at it they they, they talked about the developer kit being released in flash this is how old this yeah. is remember flash i remember flash oh. <laughs> um Wow. But the, the conversation, you know, ends up going to talking about um, plugins and mods for, for 11. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and Yoshida asked them, like, how many people do you think you have as you know, part of the add on community in your group? And they just say a lot. And they talk about, you know, we have this plugin that was made from this and that and that. It's <laughs> the one line on here. Square Enix laughs. Don't incriminate yourself now. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't think they had right. an interview since this one. Um, yeah. But like, it's just it's one of those things, right? It just it, the the point we're talking about this is Square Enix knows about the stuff. They know it exists. Yeah. They know who's making it, and it still exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One 
one thing I loved mm. from this interview, um, because we do actually have, and I mean, again, you can find a lot of these interviews up mm -hmm. and around if you search for them, and Gamer yep. Escape has a ton of them as well. But one of the things from this interview that Fusion specifically was referencing about add-ons in the early stages of the 2.0 release for 14 says, as you know, Japanese game development has been console-based for a very long time. This whole concept of add-ons is very popular in the West, but not something a lot of developers are used to in Japan. They don't know how big of a community there is in America, so getting our developers to realize the importance of this, and not just tacking on something in the middle of a game after it's finished and having problems created that way, uh, we're getting the game ready to accept add-ons. Like, so they... They seemed aware of the usage of add-ons mm -hmm. even at the start of mm -hmm. this, and especially how popular they were across international audiences and in the West, where games like World of Warcraft were setting mm -hmm. a huge precedent for this. Um, although World of Warcraft, this was 2014, right? Yeah. World of mm -hmm. Warcraft codified their add-ons specifically in 2009-2010. Yeah. So, and we'll talk about that later, but um, they had prior to this interview and prior to the release of 2.0, um, officially instated, I think probably amongst MMOs, some of the first specific, uh, you know, company statements regarding add-ons mm -hmm. and uh, partnership with working with add-ons in the game, which affected a lot of MMOs moving forward. Right. Yeah. Um, so then our last, our last little bit of 11. I feel sad to move on from 11. I like 11. <laughs> um, so Right at the end of the day, like, what does this mean if you're playing 11? Like, how, how do you like get caught? Right. When do you face repercussions for using these third party tools? Streaming really wasn't a thing. Um, so unless you're like an RMT doing more client side stuff where you're like sliding into geometry to hit mining nodes or something, right. You know, like RMT behavior, like uh, maybe you post something on a community forum or like early, early social media. <laughs> Remember when social media mm -hmm. didn't exist? That's weird to think yeah. about. There was um, no YouTube. Yeah, like uh, you would go onto like an old forum. It's like, oh, this person has something weird on their screen. They must be mm -hmm. be a hacksaw or something. Like it's yeah. like that was it. And so you really didn't hear about anybody yeah. getting banned for this stuff, which led to why everybody was using it. Because mm -hmm. is it against the TOS? Y yeah, but like, how can they catch you? They'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's not like I'm going on Twitch every day, like, check out my cool, yeah, my cool UI mods. I have dot hack sounds for all my menu sounds. It's great. <laughs> Actually, a but, thing I did. Yeah, it's important <laughs> to note that yes, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of time where they were like, Yeah, we're gonna do that for 2.0. We're gonna look into add-on. They wanted to get ahead that, of it. That part of the terms of service has literally never changed. Ever. <laughs> it's never been allowed. Ever. Yeah. Yep. Literally ever. Yeah. I mean, and this is this is, you know, coming off of eleven, right? They saw what happened with Windower mm -hmm. and they're like, we need that to not happen. Yeah. With this game. I mean, you know, playing 14 for the first time, it's like, oh, they don't let you gear swap. That seems weird. Yeah, that's weird. Um, oh, we can view like party members TP. Like, there was a lot of stuff that was like you could tell they learned, right? Um, yeah. unfortunately for eleven itself, a lot of those changes came very late i mean even mm -hmm. after uh console support was dropped right so it's not yeah. even like i'm sure they would love that console and pc parody but it really never happened um mm -hmm. i was so glad when gear swaps weren't a thing in 14 <laughs> yeah i was a little relieved too i was also relieved when i didn't see haste on any gear that was another thing like if and if you your didn't gear didn't XP. have haste it mm -hmm. was a, yeah 
No haste, so it's a waste. That's that's a phrase I yeah. just made up. MMO um, design as a whole moved away from that. Yeah. Mm. So um I mean so so ultimately, like right at the end of the day, what's changed since then? Not really a lot. Like the ability you look at to the show rules, off that you're modding. Third parties <laughs> third party tools are still against TOS. Um, I mean, really the, the big thing that's changed between now and then is just how more readily available um it can yeah. be to watch other people play. Streaming. Um, you know, we social media was kind of around, but it's it's mm-hmm. a much bigger thing now. <laughs> MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, we had MySpace. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean it's yep. just, everybody's streaming now, everybody's sharing on social media, everybody's you know, making videos for YouTube and stuff. So this stuff has an avenue to be out there more than it was, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and because of that, right, it's kind of like when you do see it now, it kind of puts a spotlight on it. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen like a mob, menta- mob, mob mentality form around certain streamers and content creators, uh, especially this last week with, mm-hmm. uh, with with people being targeted to the point where like 4chan or 5chan or whatever the fuck chan like mm-hmm. they're like, here's a template on how you can report this streamer for using uh. third party tools on tw-. like it got bad. Yeah. Everybody, it got bad. It- it did, and and what's so tough is that I mean, we will talk more about this, obviously, right? But mm-hmm. when you think about this, there are so many people who gather around this community, who engage with this themselves, who um, use may even use many of these tools themselves, mm-hmm. whatever they are, and however they quantify from everything from shaders to parsing, right? Um, and as well, people who even you know create communities that are flourishing and vibrant and really Mm -hmm. great and fun over stuff that may even make use of some of these, whether that be like a community that's based around raiding. um, Although of course it has its good and dark points, I guess, in that community. But even people who, you know, uh, form communities all about G posing or about stuff like that, or a specific character that they have that they can realize a certain way. So it is incredible because I didn't even think about it until you mentioned with Eleven Fusion and the start of a lot of that, that the way that we share and that we connect and build communities as well as expressing our own individual and unique interests in this game to relate to those who may also have those same interests is so much more visible across mm-hmm. so many more platforms. And of course, we want to show the things that are a part of the experience that we're having or that contribute to it. So, I mean, yeah, nothing has changed in the terms of service. Nothing has changed from 11 to now. But the ways that these things visibly impact communities and are showcased and how companies relate to or connect to these has changed. Um, And because of that, it gives a totally different context, uh, both from players and developers as to what's going on right now and what it means for the game and what it means for individuals. Mm hmm. It is really, it is, it has been sad though to see this yeah. past week. Um, I, I mean, there, the well, vitriol. again, we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk more about <laughs> a lot of the reasons why I think this has been a powder keg of a situation for a long time for many reasons, and that there are many ways people can avoid a lot of what has happened in the community yeah. and this mass reporting. Um, but at the same time, it has been very bizarre watching this community that we love just explode. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, and, and, you know, uh, like we, we kind of alluded to earlier, too, there's a lot of newer players, right? You know, 14 has yes. only been growing in popularity and they haven't really necessarily ha- you know, been active, right? When we've had one of Yoshida's 
don't use third party tools, everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so um, also to uh, real quick, Jay in the chat says 5chan is a JP version of 4chan. So, yeah, this wasn't even necessarily starting on the North yes. American side. This is something that the Japanese players jumped on. Um, and then it, you know, we started doing it over here as well. Uh, either mm-hmm. way, awful stuff. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a week watching some of this stuff happen. Um, I mean, one of the other things too, that that's kind of changed since then too, is just how more out there, like, I mean, search engine technology, right. Has, has gotten better as well. You can just go to Google FFFV mods. There it is. It's like Square Enix could do that like there's no way they didn't be like oh yeah i wonder how we can find these and block there's huge sites that just have a bunch of mods and they're not shut down they haven't been like dmca'd or anything like they're there mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yep uh, yep um, yeah yeah this is this is we're, this is leading to something don't worry we have a, yeah. we have a plan we have like what is this an 11 page <laughs> outline yeah yeah, and have I have mean, like a research paper read to you. This is us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so much that goes into this issue, right? Yeah. This isn't just any one thing. It's not just this one world race. It's not just this one moment. This is a problem that has been recurring in communities and in MMOs going back, like we said, all the way past 2009, way mm-hmm. past, you know, Final Fantasy XI dealing with this, past World of Warcraft. Uh, finally creating specific guidelines that they Mm -hmm. enforce regarding add-ons in the game. Um, This is something that has affected the MMO landscape for a long time, but obviously we've just seen in the last few weeks, I think what has really been kind of, like I said, the the explosion, the the tipping point, um, where some of this has become far more prevalent as like, there's a lot more demand for the issue to be directly addressed. Mm-hmm. Definitely seen uh, specific things called out in the past, things that parse, especially things that move the yeah. markers around and, and help like ultimate raiders cheat very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this past week, it's been everything, everything that yeah. is a mod people are throwing on the table and being like, if this one is bad, this one is bad, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it, there's a lot of. I don't want to say that usually we all kind of cover each other's backs and let each other cheat. This week, that has gone away. <laughs> there are people it's going the, in and being the like, The community you. is, is oh, yeah. very much policing themselves. Exactly. Uh, I was going to say eating pigeon. itself, but that's fine. I, um, I mean, that's accurate. It's, it's because it's like, well, if I can't do the thing that I want to have, then no one should have anything. And it's just that. I mean, it's human. That's yeah. 100% human. We'll definitely touch on this a little bit yeah. more later. Um, we got some more quotes that we'll pull from, from yeah. Yushit's son. Um, so why do players mm-hmm. use add-ons? Why do they use plugins? Uh, world race stuff, right? You know, we've we've talked about this a little bit already. Um, whether it be parsers, whether it be other things that call out attacks, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be more nefarious things like you know moving those markers around, um, self improvement, right? They want to see those numbers. They want to say, mm-hmm. okay, what am I missing here? You know, did I Isn't where that- did I goof? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I actually say something about World Race Competitions yes. as a bullet point on this? Sure, yeah. Um, I just want to say that, so I had not paid any attention to World First nonsense at mm-hmm. all in the career of the time that I had played MMOs uh, until like the last perhaps two to three years. And mm-hmm. I really only started to deeply get invested in them probably within the last year and a half. Um, and I think part of it was that I I didn't really understand 
what they did for games. Uh, I hadn't come up in, you know, a lot of the MMO communities where a lot of that is hugely visible. And in games like World of Warcraft, it is like a business. Mm -hmm. The race to worlds first has become something that is massive on a scale that I had no conception about until I started shoutcasting for the events. I always had a passion for endgame content, but it wasn't until I really started to get involved with what those broadcasts entail mm -hmm. that I realized how important world race competitions can be for communities and games. Yeah. The amount of visibility that these races generate is staggering. On like a given day, the directories for things like Twitch with Final Fantasy, the numbers may be middling, um, especially compared to other massive games like, we're gonna say Fortnite and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> where there's a larger viewership for different reasons, right? But when we get to world race competitions, during those periods, the numbers for viewership double, triple, sometimes yeah. like it's unbelievable yeah. the sheer amount of people that tune in. And it's not just 14 players, it's players of games worldwide. It's developers, it's the actual yeah. developers yeah. of 14, it's the developers of other games, right? Because these draw visibility and create a community event that's on par with something like a convention. So when we say that like add-ons are used in things like world race competitions, I didn't want to gloss over that right. because I think for many people, they'll be like, well, I'm not going to world first. So it really doesn't matter. But having been in those chats, having casted those events now and literally having people ask me every five seconds in chat, who's first? What's the highest percentage? When did they get there? When did mm -hmm. who's completed? Who completed phase one? What time did they complete it? What was their time that they completed it? Those statistics form the backbone of active and engaging reporting across teams across the world that create some of the most visibility and excitement for uh, MMOs in particular, um, and an incredible community highlight if it's handled well. So yeah. I wanted to kind of give a little more context yeah. on that because I actually do think it's a really important one <laughs> that we oh, might not always think is that important. So Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, Square Enix said themselves, I think, Yabuz Yoshida, in, in his big letter, right, mm -hmm. um, that they aren't supporting um, the world race stuff because they don't want to create like this really competitive scene. Right. Uh, and, and I just, I just want to go on record and say the scene is already there. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're, they're like Mr. Been. Happy's team. They were up server live and they were starting at like three thirty AM every day that week. Like it's yeah. there. Um, and, it has and been there since 2000 in yeah. every MMO. Yeah. It is. I mean, the, the, I can even remember being at the, um, I think it was the launch event for, for 2.0, like when people were mm -hmm. starting to do coil and stuff, they announced like a, a world first, like there at the event. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I understand that maybe some teams aren't comfortable with streaming. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think if square Enix wants to number one, support their community. And number two, help create a more fair environment for these world first race, which are happening, whether they give a shit about them or not, yeah. they need to support them officially. Like, there's no reason I mean, I not agree. to at this point. Right. And I, yeah. and I get I like some some teams may not want to stream or whatever, but like so many other games out there have these and it's they're fun. They bring in numbers, you know, which, you know, numbers equals revenue. Mm -hmm. Like it means eyes on the game means more subscriptions like it. It's they're foolish, not to support this. And I think this is one of those things where, you know, we talked about earlier how, um, you know, Japanese developers aren't really with it when it comes to certain like Western things like add-ons. We're seeing this here with world first, I think as well. I think they, they need to just 
they need to to get with the times and i think they need to support this i think all they really need to do and this is just my opinion uh mm-hmm. i think all they really need to do is verbally and visually support it because the yeah, community that's has it. it handled yeah that's it well i actually would disagree okay i would disagree and, and you're I probably th- more knowledgeable about it than me too so well, but literally i only have this knowledge from the last six months and the sure. only reason is because I, again, was a part of World of Warcraft's race to world first. When I look at the amount of effort, and I'm actually looking forward to it, uh, please look forward to it, everybody, because we'll be talking to some of the people who made um, the race to world first happen for mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XIV, right? Um, when I look at the amount of effort that goes in individually, uh, People don't realize the sheer scale, time, energy, talent. Like, you're literally, you have people on production that are running a million different elements. You have to pay graphic designers. In theory, Mm -hmm. for these as well, you would want to be paying any and all on-screen talent. Anybody who is literally sitting there all day, every day, like, ushering people in, doing what I would call the equivalent of stage managing because of my theater background. But, like, doing those sorts of things, right? So what we were able to accomplish with the Race to World First with Mog Talk um, was phenomenal because the sheer amount of individual effort is through the roof and not a single person was paid. All yeah. the money went to charity and everything went back. Having witnessed only months before the Race to World's First for World of Warcraft, the difference is night and day because the company while they don't officially That's do the all the stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. they themselves promote, endorse, talk about, do interviews, do appearances, they'll show up on the different streams, all this stuff. And because of that, these teams um, are given sponsorship opportunities that 14 is not at mm-hmm. this point. And it's not for lack of effort. The coordinators have tried very hard. But because there is no larger scale official endorsement, companies will not step in to fund this. And because of that, World of Warcraft, they rent entire gaming buildings for their Race to World First. This isn't a joke. People were flying out in groups and they had all of this tech that was donated. And also because of that, they're all in a place operating off of machines that again, have more supervision, have more specific guidelines as to what is or isn't allowed within the competition, has more like control. They have people flying out there that they pay the whole time for their talent to cast this, broadcast this. They have teams that can keep it running for far longer than we could. I mean, with the 14 one, we couldn't cover the entire event because we literally were making people work ridiculous hours and trying Mm. to give breaks where they could. Mm But people have lives and they're doing this unpaid, (laughs) you know? So, sorry, I know that's a little bit of a diversion, but we don't even realize how these things affect stuff Mm -hmm. like this, right? Like, uh, I I think that, yes, if Square Enix wants to encourage a healthier raid scene and discourage things like these kinds of add-ons or shortcuts, they do have to be a presence in World's First Raiding, and they do have to set these guidelines and precedences, um, because it does benefit overall the scale of what's able to be realized, as well Mm -hmm. as the, I think, overall control of the event. Yeah, right. really, honestly, pretty amazing to know, especially uh, the thing that's very specific and relevant to what we're talking about today is if they're there, everything is going to be watched over. No, mm-hmm. well, I'm sure yeah. there won't be 100% of the teams there like present, but sure, everybody there is going to cheat. I mean, that, that's always yeah, the thing, too, in- right? When you're covering this stuff, like I said earlier, like not everybody's going to want to like they might want to mm-hmm. try and get, you know, be be first, but they may not want to necessarily uh, like play a ball. Right, as it yeah. were. It's it's also interesting to note, though, we're talking about WoW, 
and that it, they are very add-on friendly. And some of these teams literally have people on staff to create them for them to make the fights easier. Mm. That is where it gets to. It can be great, but it can also give you these kind of anti-patterns of split runs and literally mm. bribing people to give you gear because you need gear right. so that you can fight against the other world first. So it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's great. And I love watching it. I would never do it anymore. Um, it's just, it is a, it is a tough distinction, right? Because if you mm-hmm. put, if you support it, then you're supporting everything they do. Yeah. Even if you don't. Yes. You are. And as was pointed out in chat, it mm-hmm. does also mean that at that scale and level, those teams that can't afford to have yeah. those teams that can't afford to have, you know, like you were saying, literally people who are custom making add-ons for them while they try to prog. Mm -hmm. They have entire rooms of technical planners who are, while they are raiding, uh, dissecting stream footage of other teams to then give them strategies. I knew nothing about this until I started casting. Mm -hmm. And it actually has been, it's phenomenal to learn. Um, I honestly think it's very illuminating, but we add-ons and things like that can change a scene mm-hmm. for good or, or ill. Yeah. Um, but I think that there, in this overall discussion within 14, it is important, mm-hmm. especially as we wonder to ourselves, why is there more visibility for other games? How are players being enabled or, um, you know, to, to engage with games in ways that takes it to a different level? And what does it mean when the company is hands-on or hands-off with a game um, for even internationally, the way that it's received, promoted, events are scheduled, um, personalities are dealt with, things like that. So, yeah, yeah, we can keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So real, real quick, too, um, somebody in chat had, had asked about what Yoshida actually said. Uh, I'm going to preface this really strong by saying that Yoshida mm-hmm. doesn't want any of this stuff taken out of context. I will read some stuff here. Go read the entire post that he wrote if you have not already. Um, he says that a race should be fair. Um, it's our earnest wish that participants don't use third party tools. Um, we've only released duties that we have proven can be beaten with the game standard features. Um, and then he also goes on to say, because such races are unofficial, we usually limit our involvement to some comments after a number of teams have cleared the duty by offering our congratulations via the official Twitter account and confirming timestamps. We want to recognize your achievements and contribute to community excitement. However, if our recognition encourages excessive competition and controversy to the extent that players resort to third party tools, I regret to say we may have to reconsider making comments in the future. So basically what he's saying is like, yeah, like it's cool. We want to be hype with you. But like if people are going to be certain to use like a lot of third party tools around this, we also don't want to promote that. Um, and and that it's you know a tough situation and th- this this you know and this leads to another thing and I, I think it's down here later but it's kind of relevant now so I'll throw this out there the idea that if you're not streaming world first you're cheating don't it's it, it's awful right it, it's it's gonna be a thing that some people assume now yeah. um and it, it, that should not be your default mode of thought um mm-hmm. going forward it's just that people don't want to leak their strats it's not that oh they can't see yeah. that we're using this cool plugin right don't assume that um that's right. just gonna make this whole week even more garbo <laughs> in the future yeah. don't do that um yeah but um let's circle back to yeah. additional reasons why players use add-ons because a lot of those topics we'll touch on more in detail and with some of the things that yoshida did say later um but again touching base on why players use these so the first point world race competitions obviously we covered a bit of why that's mm-hmm. important um self-improvement you were just starting to touch on fusion i don't know if we want to 
head into that territory. It's, just, it's it's parsing, right? And I dabbled a little bit on it. It's the idea of you can look at your rotation and stuff, see if you mm-hmm. if you fat fingered a, a button somewhere where you shouldn't have or didn't hit. You know, it's just it's it's just that kind of stuff, right? Especially for yeah. something like a world's first race, um, or you know, even you know, to, maybe to a it, right. It all depends on play style and attitude too, right? Yes. Like I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh, I missed one GDC. I'm the worst player ever. I don't like whatever. I did do we that, beat though? Did we beat the fight? Great, whatever. And some people do, and some people love doing yeah. it, right? It's let just me, like... <laughs> let me ask. I'll do you know. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so I think out of all of us, but maybe I'm wrong, because Zanidra, I think, also can... I think you I think you got a streak in you that is a perfectionism yeah. slash <laughs> self-excelling <laughs> standard. Mm-hmm. But um, how do you direct your personal growth? Do you think that tools like these can help with self-improvement? Oh, absolutely. It's yes. the only way to know. It's the only way mm-hmm. to know because things are just far too fast and you cannot quantitatively compare one run to another without the help of some tools sometimes, you know, that's mm-hmm. just the way it's going to be. I mean, I, the, I, I, I do believe the most popular parser here is literally from EverQuest. Like it's, it's old school. <laughs> like it's because a lot of people in MMOs and this is this is my philosophy. I am taking a spot in a raid group. It is up to me to bring my best every single time. How do I know it's my best? I want to know that. Yeah. Like, yes, it doesn't matter. You can still clear it. Yeah. But I don't want to just clear it. That's the bare minimum. You want to be the very best like no one ever was. Well, no, I just want to bring as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Will I be the best? No, definitely not. I don't have that much time. But I want to be the best. <laughs> within reason and looking for those optimizations is the only way you do it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And yeah, like in that capacity, I will always defend the need for it. Yeah. Implementation. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be something where it's, it's going to vary by player, by group, uh, maybe by content. Um, you know, but yeah, so that's, that's another thing. Um, another thing that people use add-ons for is to customize their UI and interfaces. Um, yeah. You know, with uh, with Shadowbringer, Square Enix started implementing different themes. Um, boy, that blue is very blue. I wish it wasn't. I could probably mod that. I'm not going to. Um, but you know, people that want to can and do. Right? It's it's just one of the things that they can do. Um, you know, they also one of the the things we have here is relieving development pressure off of the devs, um, which. It, it it this is a one that's a little more game dependent, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, for for a game that relies more on the development of these add-ons, mm-hmm. like World of Warcraft, right? Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it is there is that that idea of like, okay, well, we didn't get around to uh developing X mm-hmm. thing for this game, but I'm sure the community will will get it done in like a week after we go live. So whatever. The best <laughs> example I have of this is uh and i talk about it far too much Wildstar. i was wondering if you were going to find a way to yeah. shoehorn Wildstar into this conversation oh i definitely will because <laughs> i and i will admit to you i was a younger programmer then and i had time at home but i helped make a few literally helped make a few world firster add-ons at the time yeah because there was not a lot of quality of life and i helped do it then uh, now I'm old and jaded and I don't want to do that. But <laughs> imagine having back time. Then, yeah, imagine having time. But yeah, back then we needed it because it was so hilariously broken. 
that trying to do it <laughs> was impossible. <laughs> like, not, not just, like, not easy to do. Sometimes it was kind of impossible. Like, and these would be from mostly innocuous things and nothing was automated, but just information, mm-hmm. kind of like the weak auras and, and things like that of the world. And, I mean, it just happens. It does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes to things like a player base's demands for specific cosmetics, for example, right? Like, I myself desperately want this one kind of dress, Mm -hmm. or this kind of hair, or this thing, right? I think that it's difficult to, like, at the pace that they do, always release cosmetics that are going to offer, you know, here's the full range of every single thing a person in our community might want. Um, And then even more so when you look at other, you know, concerns with diversity of appearance or hair textures or styles or things like that, where um, sometimes even developers just don't even really truly know how to present the sheer amount of options that their international audience might desire. Um, So when players then spend time developing, I think, these individual unique assets, it allows for, you know, individuals to spend more time on one thing and create a larger overall volume of options than the developers themselves working as like a team that's juggling so much else can provide in, you know, a very specific or hyper-personal way. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, when we get to the cons of add-ons, there's a, there's a double-edged sword with this, right? Yeah. I just, um, but I yeah, remember I remember mean, when there were no long hairstyles at all. There weren't mm-hmm. any. They didn't exist. There weren't. The first long hairstyle we had was Lightning's hair, and that's like on the border. That's not line that right long. There. Not long. With, with it like has the little one mullet thing. It's like a tassel. Yeah. <laughs> that was like thing. the first one that touched the shoulders, right? They still have a Ugh. problem with that. Many other MMOs yeah. have yeah. hairs that'll even go down to a character's butt, but there's like something about. Where's our butt hair, Square Enix? <laughs> Please tell me I'll when we're getting question. it, because I love butt hair. You heard it. Uh, no, but I don't know um, if it was if it, what, what you said or the way you looked at the camera when you said it. Yeah. It was a little worrying. But I mean, it is something that when you think about it, right? If they're thinking, oh, to make one long hair, we're going to have to rework all this stuff and do all this stuff, and we don't have the time with everything else that we're trying to release. And then one person who is like, I will make the long hair no matter what, and they mm-hmm. dedicate their life and like two years of their life to making this one hair that's perfect and it doesn't clip, right? The team itself does not have the time to mm-hmm. develop one hair that goes down to the butt and flows perfectly. I'm just imagining if- like this Frankenstein <laughs> moment where there's just like this table rising up and there's just like this little dat file or something. I finally made the butt hair. Like, <laughs> lovingly but rendered is what I like lovingly to say. Rendered. Lovingly rendered. One person that has the passion to do this for whatever reason and then spends so much time troubleshooting it paves the way for an amount of work that the team themselves may not be able to implement. But hey, it's there now. And mm-hmm. that legwork has yeah. been done. And how did they do it? And how did, right? So with that bullet point, relieves development pressure off of the devs. Again, mm-hmm. there's a double-edged sword to this. But mm-hmm. there are things that individuals can do that like time-wise and resource-wise, teams oftentimes can't. Yeah, I mean, and we, we know it's no secret that Square Enix has looked at community-made things before. I mean, what mm-hmm. was it the, the, the re-releases of like seven or eight where they like basically just like stole the code of like, some modding communities stuff oh. for like the cheat things yeah, and like didn't credit them or something like it was bad it did some bad yeah. stuff um 
but yeah i mean there's there's some other stuff too like accessibility um which this is one of those things where uh, you you want to see square enix be able to um give players what they want right in all regards right be the you know ui stuff or hair stuff you know butt hairs whatever mm-hmm. um but especially for for accessibility um to their credit they have done some stuff for accessibility you know i i remember when they first added the colorblind stuff when they first added mm-hmm. like the audio stuff that was really cool um but you know those aren't the only two impairments that that some yeah. gamers are are dealing with right so you might have stuff for like ADHD support, like uh, mechanic calls and rotations, more stuff for mm-hmm. colorblindness. Haps is colorblind um, and he yeah. has this like very kind of like niche like version of it that isn't currently supported by 14. Mm-hmm. Um, dyslexia, social exam. I mean, there's so many different things, right? Um, and it's. Yeah, it would be it would be nice to to not have to do third party mods for for any game, for any of these. Right. right? But um this is something that I think thankfully we have been seeing more of um, in the gaming scene, um, you know, stuff like I think was it last of us Two? I think won a couple of like accessibility rewards. They had some like mm-hmm. really cool stuff in there. Um, but um, it's one of those things. It's just, you know, I think as an industry, right, everybody's slowly yeah. working on trying. I think that's going to be like the next big thing that people are trying to do. Um, Xbox has made amazing strides. They have the, the controller for it. Right. Um, they just announced like a new accessibility, like a mouse thing with some buttons, and some like three D printable stuff. Yeah. And well, you know, it's there's plug something into it. Then um, it's it's really cool. I got to actually, I got to play with it uh, at A three. Oh no, E3? yeah, a, yeah. Um, there's that no. not the normal uh, Xbox controller. There's an actual one for people who only have the use of one hand, mm. and like it's it's very amazing. Like when you look at it, it's it's completely different. It's a completely different design. They had to have UX people go in. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, and I'm glad that they did. They've it. done a lot of stuff with with accessibility, um, which is really cool to see. Um, yeah, and I I wanted to mention with accessibility, there are ways that many of these tools are used that I don't even think people commonly think about. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people who uh, have ADHD and talk about the fact that endgame content is deeply inaccessible for them. Not because they can't do it, but because a lot of times the um, specific mentality that doesn't always take into account neurodivergency, um, things like that makes it an inhospitable environment. So like ways that they're able to empower themselves, some of those, you know, add-ons and uh you know different things we were talking about earlier like calling out mechanics in a fight actually helps because they have trouble just keeping track of what to expect next because their you know mind might wander or jump to different things or be distracted by something so having those you know red cues helps turn them back to what they need to be doing um rotational cues cooldown tracking usage um dyslexia is one i hadn't even thought about recently until i was playing through with a friend who um, has dyslexia and she was just trying to get into the game and as we were going through all the text i was like you don't have to keep clicking through it like you can wait and you know we can i'll wait for you to read it and you can enjoy the story and she was like honestly there's so much text and i can't change the size of it and Mm -hmm. you know she said at the time she was like in this other game there's an add-on that i can use and i use it in that one because it makes the text bigger or Mm -hmm. it'll change the color or it'll like make it so that it's easier for me to just like read and 
parse the mm -hmm. information quickly, but she was like, the text in 14 is so small and I can't customize it. And yeah. there's so much of it that she was like, it is actually incredibly difficult for me to read it. And I've heard that same thing from friends who even have ADHD. Um, when it comes to stuff like social anxiety, I think about if you're trying to pug fights, right? And you're going, uh, that pressure of like, join the voice chat or you're not allowed to join the group. Yeah. And so having those raid callers, being able to independently go in and not be dependent on somebody that needs to call something, um, not feeling like you have to sit there in this really awkward situation. And while I don't have social anxiety, like there are times where my own just general anxiety makes me so tired that I just don't want to be on voice comms, like the pressure of it mm -hmm. or feeling like I have to like perform and be interesting, especially as a content creator. It's too much. I just do not have the energy for it. Um, like, and so for me, those things can be empowering in a sense where, you know, you might not have to be dependent on a group for something yeah. like that. Um, uh, or, you know, whatever else, what other reasons yeah. people might. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, towards, that's, that's so. me. I mean, there's a reason I don't do party finder for, for either new EXs or for, for Savage stuff. I just, I think about the idea of it or jumping on comms with people I don't know. And I just, nope. <laughs> Granted, mm -hmm. it's nice that they have that option, right? That you can match with other people that want to jump into that content and that's fine. It's just, it's not my thing. I'd rather run this content with people that I know. Um, mm -hmm. how, how to address that? <laughs> Couldn't even tell you where to begin. Um, right. But yeah. it's, and it's I, a thing. I do see in chat a point, which Jinx, I'm actually really glad you said. Um, literally every fight can be done without callouts. It's how they designed them. Mm -hmm. Yes, but again, when we're talking about those who may not, they may be neurodivergent. They may be different than the the perceived baseline that things mm -hmm. are designed for, right? Um, again, ADHD making it very hard to multitask, keep on point, do very specific things. Um, as well as the fact that when I was learning how to raid, callouts were literally my lifesaver. Yeah. Because like, I don't deal with those things, but like, I've run with people and they do callouts. And for me, that was one of the biggest stepping stones for me learning how to even proactively keep an eye out for things or what the timing might be like or when I need to start thinking about something because I didn't know coming into raiding for the very first time. I had no idea. You know, I was like, anybody's guess when AOEs happen normally and I need to heal them because... YOLO! And now, having gone through so much, knowing yeah. the pace, having had people who did callouts, having done callouts myself, right? Mm -hmm. um, I see the value of those things. Now, of course, there is more to be said about, again, the double-edged sword of all of this. Right. So mm -hmm. There are ways in which I do think that these, you know, maybe don't always need to be used or should be used or that people mm -hmm. abuse these things, but... Um, if we're talking right now in this category about pros of using it, those to me are the pros of, of right. having those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, another reason people might use add-ons is replayability of raids. I mean, especially when you think about um, in 14, um, and, and especially right now where you have to repeat, you know, P1 through 3 to even get to 4, right? Mm -hmm. um, you need to, to find your own fun in, in, in that grind and that, in repeating that stuff. So having something like trying to to parse higher, for example, right, would be, you know, something that you'd be like, oh, let's try to do more damage this week. Um, I think, you know, that is something that would help that. I mean, you know, the, the idea of like uh, raid achievements has been floated a few times sure. and, and Square Enix hasn't really been into that at all yet. But I think that yeah. would be another thing that they could do um, that, that could help there's, that. There's levels of this, too, like. 
people like to think that uh, that sort of the parse runs, right? There's levels to this. Not everybody's going for like the best speed run or whatever. It's just right. that that feeling of improvement because yeah. it is repeatable content and it's going to be the same every single time. The only thing that changes is how you deal with it. And then knowing, well, the way that I dealt with it this time is better than that time. And then mm-hmm. continuing for every single mechanic. That's something that people really get into. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just that sort of thing yeah. is a reason why people would do that. Yeah, I saw somebody bring up the point that, um, particularly for raiders who enjoy those sort of goals, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first person to say, that's not me. <laughs> I like clear a fight. I like do my part in the fight. I like all of that. I do not want to run the fight every single day of the week forever exactly. just to get my number little bit bigger. I don't care. I just don't truly care at oh, all. I really <laughs> I have bad news for you because next week we're starting parse runs. What? No. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's like... Whenever I've used those tools in that kind of regard, I usually just use them as a basis to understand how I am working within the group as a whole. Again, these are against terms of service, don't use them, but from, mm-hmm. you know, like an interest point as, as numerical data being of interest to me in games where maybe mm-hmm. you can use it or not. Um, I, I have mostly looked at it to be like, am I doing about what I need to compared to mm-hmm. other healers? Even in PvP now, I'll look at the numbers that yeah. I get at the end of a crystalline conflict yep. match, and I'm like, how much damage did I do compared to other white mages? How much did I do compared to this? And then I go, right. <laughs> nailing it. Uh, yeah. And then I look like, <laughs> yeah. you know, no. Uh, but yeah. I have an idea, right? But yeah. I'm never one person, I'm never the kind of person to like try to do this. But I saw somebody recently who was, say specifically, when there's a weekly lockout for gear, and like you brought up, there's no other achievements um, mm-hmm. that you can earn or be working towards. Do this with zero deaths. Do this five times mm-hmm. every single time. Eat five AOE stacks on top of right. each other and still clear. I don't know. Whatever it is. like Whatever achievements they decide to put in. Uptime. Um, up whatever they wanted yeah. to do. Um, but I saw them say that for many players who that's the kind of content that they love and because obviously it has a very paced and plotted release schedule, and then you have once a week gear that you can get, the only current real incentive in the game for it is that if that's something that you really want to do, a reason to run outside of your weekly lockout, a reason to repeat, to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for them, they use that as a tool. And yeah, I mean, just because I don't enjoy it doesn't mean I can't understand why yeah. people win. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Rook, I'm going to let you take this next this next bullet point. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time. It's, it's that, that time. time, everybody. We're here. We made it. We're going to get a drink. I'm not, I'm not going to harp on it that long. I've done it enough. Mm-hmm. I, I told yep. myself I was like, I'm hard locking myself yep. out of talking about this topic anymore. So rounding out incomplete races or features of the game that you bit off too much. To this is like, butt hair, this is butt yep. hair adjacent. But yeah. hair adjacent. Um, Vier and Hrothgar, right? Don't talk about uh, Vier and Hrothgar like butts. They're fine. Um, so I like butts. butts. I mean, Hrothgar definitely have butt hair. I mean, I mean, I guess it probably. depends on like <laughs> if we're defining butt as like you know, yeah. oh, you're a I mean, butt. This, this, or, Ooh, this, that's a this, nice butt. This really. <laughs> anyway, this is a tangent. This is Sorry. really just this is just coupled right with that idea of just making like unique gear or something for your character. It's that idea of right. Uh, I want this hairstyle. Square Enix doesn't support it, but I'm gonna make it myself. That's yes, but is. I think this one goes a step further. 
and that a feature is added to the game which is not given the same level of customization options and yep. diversity as other as other yep. equivalent features yep. in the game and so players themselves go in to fix it's been three plus years i've said it i'm not going to say anymore yeah. like mm -hmm. at this it, it, <laughs> no one wants no one wanted this. No one right. wanted this it's... coming from 1.0 to 2.0. There was enough yeah. outcry specifically about gender-locked races and not having the same, like, nobody wanted this, no matter what is yep. said. So that's it's, the bullet point. It's just Rounding another bullet point that, that reinforces <laughs> yeah. the idea that any add-ons or mods are a lot of times a result of the failure of the developer to do something yeah. that was in demand. Um, right. Allowing for, again, right, more character stuff, allowing for more diverse uh, hair, skin, or body options, um, mm -hmm. you know, more character creation options. More butt. Uh, more mm -hmm. I didn't think we'd be talking, been talking about, about the butt slider for forever. Yeah. Oh, the butt slider. Yeah. God, I would love um, some they gave white us, castle now. <laughs> but, they gave us two options, 2B butt or regular butt. 2B butt. 2B or not 2B butt. or not 2B butt. Yeah. Um, yeah. CC options could use an update. You know. I mean, oh, we absolutely. even have just little things like mm -hmm. you're not able to put different horns on different faces and um, weird. You might like one face's this or that, but then the other stuff that comes with it is just weird. Or I mean, that's, like, that's even on Makote. Yeah. Uh, some hairstyles have like little cheetah mm -hmm. dots on the ends, and they're not on mm -hmm. all of them. But you might really like the cheetah dots. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's mm -hmm. like I had that when I when I switched over to when I, when I used a Fantasia for to get stubble. It's like, oh, the scars are in different places. That's kind of mm. weird. I'm, I'm still getting a little used to it. It's been weird after See, having a different face for so long. Um, I hear what you're saying, but Ella's in our perfection, so like, whatever. Ella's in our weird draft kidding. people. I know, I'm definitely I mean, kidding. your character is super hot. It's fine. We know. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I mean, look, my canonical Elizin RP character, who I uh -huh. love, who's probably the most played Elizin, um, and one of my most played RP characters, um, he canonically has stubble. And did yep. I get the stubble? When nope. they put the stubble you on sure it. No, didn't. I did not. And I, there's no stubble. And he's got freckles all over his entire body. And can I have yep. that? No, I can't. Also, he has auburn hair. And for whatever reason, can I tint his hair to genuinely look auburn as an Ellison? No, it's like nope. brown or kind of blonde red. It's like there's it, nothing in between. Yeah, that's why it was definitely a joke. Like there's, I'm just, there I'm are just a imagining lot of Rook now going to a salon. Yeah, what kind of color would you like? Uh, some kind of blonde red. Yeah, Highlanders too, right? They're like, I would like some of these Midlander things, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. but you don't get it. But I'm literally the what? I'm gonna make a Rogan. Okay, you can be like yeah. red or blue. Yeah, I get okay. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, graphical updates to shaders. We kind of mentioned that stuff a little mm -hmm. earlier. Um, and of course, uh, simplification of like UI and stuff, trying to simplify things, trying to make it look right. the way that either you want it to look or that your brain can better interpret. Mm -hmm. um, but also just like weird obtuse systems in the game. Uh, yeah. For example, mm -hmm. as mentioned previously, housing decoration. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like housing has become such a huge facet of this game. Why do you have to have 50 pinned YouTube videos to teach you how to glitch items? Mm. Just I just to... want this Lalafell <laughs> retainer to be able to stand on a Lalafell little booster seat thing. 
It's so weird. It's so inconvenient. And it yeah. also just discourages people so much from getting invested in a passion oh. for housing. And, you know, getting back into accessibility, I, I have mm -hmm. a friend, and maybe you even experienced this. I have a friend who literally can't do the glitches because having to try and hit the button so quickly over and over again hurts her tendons in her hands. Mm -hmm. Reminds I me of when I tried problem. to get a housing plot. <laughs> I mean, yes, like, honestly, I have the same problem. Um, somebody mentioned earlier in chat, even uh, one of, uh, you know, a, a an add-on that helps you with um, spell sliding. And this was mm. taking it back half a second, but you mentioned yeah. that Zen brought this up to me. Um, one of the problems that I've had since I started raiding is that, especially on raid nights, my ulnar neuritis will flare up really bad because oftentimes to get exactly what you need to like on the little slide or on the mm -hmm. little precast that you can do, you have to mash a button repeatedly just in the hopes that like, oh, I just turn it over at the exact moment that mm -hmm. I need to or I move exactly when I need to. But some of those things also help cut down on that because you can visually yeah. see like almost when you would need to do that. Um, so that's a little side effect. But yes, housing can be really hard for that or people who literally cannot fast enough hit the sequence of buttons that they need to hit this, not hit that, and then do this, thing, mm. you know, or you have to like cancel out of the window and then come back. It's so weird and it needs to be fixed. Um, also, I noticed this the other day when I was looking for an achievement. They just redid the achievement panel. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm still doesn't have a search field? Not at all. I can't type the name. Yeah. I can't type the name of the achievement into the bar and then have the achievement come up. And the categories are still really weird. Like, yeah. absolutely. Like, you're like, wait, why is this in the, what? Is it in Wolfstein? Is it in it actually, Which one is it in? Back. It's a step back. There it used to be when you, if you saw an achievement in chat, for example, you could click it, it would take you there. It does that the first time. If you click that same achievement again, it's like, no, here's the category it is, scroll. I would mm -hmm. love one button press in that achievement thing to be like, here's all the stuff you've earned, but you forgot to redeem. You know yeah. how many yes. like minions or like orchestrian oh roles yeah. or I actually did spend a day yeah. just going through everything. There were like seven items I missed. Yeah. <laughs> and the universal market board that we mentioned earlier mm -hmm. when we were going through yeah. like what are some of the ones people use in game without naming anything or like yeah. why would people want these? Because we have now data center travel, um, you know, that's coming up. We have world travel that's happened. Mm -hmm. um, it, the game has changed in a way that is incredible, and it's such a good addition. But the systems have not changed to reflect that. So like universal market boards and things like that, mm -hmm. players now are having to spend a great deal of time trying to transfer around just to yeah. see if something has the at least in cost of this and that. And it's like... <laughs> I am hopeful, right? I mean, ever since 2.0 launched, right? We have seen every few years, right? They're they're working on data center stuff, right? Either right. letting us travel to somewhere else or cross-world link shells. They've been doing more and more. And hopefully that, that that's something that at some point, you know, that they'll they'll get to. Um, mm -hmm. That just made me realize that we're getting data center travel soon. Yep. I got excited. Yeah. Yay! You gotta come uh, hang out with us. Heck yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that, you know, all that stuff, right? There's a lot of reasons why people would use add-ons in the first place, but largely it's because there's player demand for something that the developer, yeah. either by choice or just by limited resources and time, haven't implemented themselves. Um, I feel like, I feel like our hmm. last section is going to have a lot of, not discourse, but a lot of discussion. 
So we yeah. need to get there. Yeah. Get do you want power. me? Do you want me to just blast through? This yeah. Part? Yeah. This was yeah. this was kind of sure. your 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 part where you where you where you uh, <laughs> contributed to the thesis here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I just I wanted to go through myself personally because I think a lot of times in MMOs we kind of view our MMO in a bubble and we don't realize what's happening in mm-hmm. a larger scale kind Did of context. Did you know that there are other MMOs <laughs> out there? More than so, one, too. There's not just WoW. There's right? other ones. What? So when Crazy. we were looking at why do players use add-ons, we gave a ton of reasons. So then what other games realized that players use these and how do they handle these third-party tools? So mm-hmm. I'm just going to blast through this super fast and then we can talk about it at the end if we want. But this is a quick highlight of a few games and sort of what their policies are, right? So. World of Warcraft, as we talked about, 2009 onwards, uh, add-ons are allowed and commonly used in the game. Uh, They do have an official third-party tools policy. Uh, The policy, I think, was last updated 2010. This is what I could find, Mm -hmm. but of course, anybody feel free to correct. Um, So their policies and their guidelines for how they felt that these could be used responsibly and integrated with a degree of control in the game are as follows. Add-ons must be free of charge. Add-on code must be completely visible. Add-ons must not negatively impact World of Warcraft realms or other players. Add-ons may not include advertisements. Add-ons may not solicit donations. Add-ons must not contain offensive or objectionable material. Add-ons must abide by World of Warcraft, Terms of Usage, and EULA. Blizzard Entertainment has the right to disable add-on functionality as it sees fit. So those were the guidelines that mm-hmm. World of Warcraft has, and add-ons are very frequently used. Um, within the game. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online. So if we compare to Elder Scrolls Online, I think that Elder Scrolls Online is currently the most progressive in regards to this, as far as I know yeah. of in MMOs. So they have built-in support of add-ons in the game itself, uh, much like the single-player Elder Scrolls games have come to embrace mm-hmm. and try to yeah. diversify. This even is on something that like Bethesda consoles. across the board has always supported, even yeah. on consoles, which is super surprising. Um, you know, uh, whether it be Skyrim or Fallout, um, yeah. Almost all their games mm-hmm. have this kind of support for, for third party stuff. Yeah, and they recently started even bridging the gap to consoles. So there are like select limited mods that are now available as well on console for specifically, you know, like the 20th release of Skyrim and stuff like that, <laughs> where you can implement <laughs> them as well. So they figured out a way to do that too. Um, so built in support of add ons in the game client itself, the game login screen will even show you if a patch has gone through that has made some of your add ons outdated Mm. and that you need to update them, which is really cool. Um, Their third party tools policy is as follows. If you download and or use an add on, you use these at your own risk. Uh, Zoss will not provide customer support on any add ons disable all add ons prior to contacting customer service. Your game may not function properly as a result of downloading and or using add ons. Any add-ons and or files that appear to be add-ons that you download could contain malicious code that could affect your system. Zoss is not responsible for any such malicious code. Zoss reserves the right to change the API at any time or to disable and or restrict any add-ons at any time. If you create an add-on, you must include the following disclosure in a readme or similar text file. And then they have a little blurb there about mm-hmm. like, this add-on is just mine. It has nothing to do with Zenimax and nothing right. at all, just mine. Like basically, right? So um, they essentially decided to just warn people over and over, you use these at your own risk. Yep, I've heard that before. You do this, it's like, Mm -hmm. we're not responsible for it. Mm -hmm. But the big difference here is that they did embrace it. Um, And they need to. Yeah, Yeah. like there are many- If you've ever played Elder Scrolls Online, very specifically what was there was, a, there was a, a there was a big a one what was things? it the yeah. mini map they don't mini have a mini map, map. Yes. The mini map yeah that's the one that i always harp on like what what year is it 
Why is there not a mini map in your game? It was a design but there's, there's decision. Also, we were talking about um, the having like a universal mog board. They have a, an app or an add-on that shows you universally where all the shit is, and that they they need it in that game because the places you buy stuff change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, it's based on guilds. You you sell your stuff through guilds, and the, mm-hmm. those guilds have to uh, compete for the spots to sell their stuff. You, oh, it's that like added on your spot. Mm-hmm. Well, it's okay. awful. It's terrible. Okay. You need this add on. It is terrible, but it's, it's also terrible. deep immersion, and I kind it's of designed. love hate it. I it's love hate decision. it. Like you are part. If you are a trader in that game, you are a trader. Yeah. Like you yeah. run a trading guild. You're a part of a trading guild. You try to sell things. Yeah. You modify and, things. And, like. Yeah. And it's actually fun, but terrible at this point. From, from an outside perspective, I appreciate that there are games still trying to do unique, really weird immersion yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah, we can but talk also about does New World, but I'd rather not. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and it's, if, if, oh, the worst part about this particular add-on is if you aren't using it, then the add-on might not pick up the fact that you have stuff on a guy or that that thing is sold so you could look up and be like ah there's a very cheap blah blah on this guy i'm gonna bring my ass halfway across the world travel for freaking forever get there it's not there oh my god remember market wards in 1.0 yeah i I spent an hour talking to all these retainers that looked like creepy mannequins just trying to find a level 10 spear but worse, it's worse. Mm-hmm. It's like oh. that. I, when you're trying to do a specific project in ESO, it is a nightmare, especially mm-hmm. housing, because yes. you will like travel halfway across the world to get this one thing that isn't obscenely expensive, and it's been gone for like 20 it's minutes. So, <laughs> the, the, uh, the duality of 14 housing with ESO housing is so nuts to me, because actually designing your house, like putting stuff in there, putting it where you want in an ESO house that you can get regardless of if other people have it, that is amazing. It is 10,000 times better than the housing system we have in 14, but trying to get the furniture to put in your friggin' house is impossible. And yet, it is also kind of fun because eventually you start picking up on like, okay, so like what guilds must hang out around here? What kind of stuff does this one usually sell? Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I'm smart, they might have this one thing because this guy offloads stuff here every single day and he undersells it all the time. So if I go here, like it is funny because you start Mm -hmm like knowing oh this one's near a major city so there's going to be a lot more um but some people might mark up more whereas if i go to this outpost in the middle of nowhere that i had to ride five days and a fortnight to reach like <laughs> it'll be dirt cheap because no one else goes out there <laughs> like, yeah. does anybody want to buy a dresser you have to kit you know carry it yourself i don't need this uh, five gold but um, elder scrolls is Definitely an example of you need some of these add-ons. You yeah. need them just yeah. just for basic accessibility for people who don't need specified accessibility things. And yet, yeah. because they made it so easy to use, it does mm-hmm. not feel like a hindrance to get them. So mm. there is that. And I mean, I think that they have really pushed many other facets of development in ESO in a right. way that helps counterbalance it to not be like, oh, they're just lazy and they're not doing anything. There is more to say about that, which we will get to later. So um, <laughs> next up. Guild Wars 2. So, Guild Wars 2 uh, is closer to 14's gray area, but it is still overall generally allowed. Like, they have, it has not been a problem in regards. There, There is one contentious point that I can think of from recent history with Guild Wars 2 mods, which we will also touch on in a bit, but um, their third-party tools policy is that 
We do not permit the use of any program that gives one player an unintended, unnatural, or unfair advantage over another player. This includes programs that alter game balance in favor of one player over another, automate actions within the game, promote unattended gameplay, or have an adverse effect on other players. We are aware that some utilities help players without affecting others. Um, and then I kind of skipped ahead a little bit. While in general, we will not take action on an account for the use of such a utility program or modification, action is subject to ArenaNet's discretion. You use any third-party program at your own risk. Customer support cannot offer it, uh, support if a third-party modification breaks, interferes with, or prevents you from playing Guild Wars or Guild Wars 2. If you choose to use what you believe to be a benign program, one that does not give an advantage to the user, be sure to get it from a legitimate source. And then there was a little bit more about, you know, the risk of malicious code. Um, ArenaNet reserves the right to action and account for using any third-party modification, as is outlined by the Guild Wars 2 user agreement, the Guild Wars 2 rules of content, uh, conduct, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so there is that. But again, there are very commonly used ones that are just straight up accepted in the community within Guild Wars 2, and they do not take action. One of the few things that was controversial recently was uh, actually a feature that they implemented in the game that was a semi-paid version of an add-on that they then requested nobody use and said they would take action against in the game. Mm. Um, one of the more popular add-ons that was used. And when we get down later in the list uh, after this section to the cons of using um, mm. mods, we'll talk more about that. But overall, they're used, they're used freely, and they oftentimes enhance the game experience. Um, so right. the one that was interesting to mention is that uh, Terra Online uh, actually, was a recent, uh, well, a semi-recent. It's, it's, it's yeah, it out out. shutting down, shutting down uh, end of next month. <laughs> so Tara took a hard line out of the blue on a particular tool called Proxy, which was a third-party tool that offered a ton of quality of life improvements for Terra Online. These included DPS meters, cosmetic mods, and so on, uh, but most importantly allowed players outside of the US to play the game without experiencing lag. So earlier when we were talking about those bits of people using those um, wibbly wobbly gray area kind <laughs> of modifications that make ping more manageable, right? Mm -hmm. So in response to this, um, on Mass Entertainment sent out a DMCA takedown to the highly popular tool, and the backlash was yeah. astronomical. It was insane. Like, massive. Um, there were protests, people were dropping out of the game left and right, players were being permabanned for using it, memes were all over the internet. It got so bad that they had to put their Discord server on lockdown after banning roughly half of its community. Mm -hmm. Um... So after all of this outcry, Unmass backtracked on the decision, pulled the takedowns, removed the spyware that they had been using to track how players were doing this, um, and then pretended like nothing happened, um, mm -hmm. which didn't go over so good. Can't and they never why. really recovered from it. Never. And as Fusion pointed out, uh, they are closing their doors forever next month. So. I this yeah. is a very interesting case of the fact that whatever personal opinions are on add-ons they are a part of this space mm -hmm. and i think there is very much something to be said about again companies needing to respond to the needs that these bring up or address and taking specific action within their games to implement those if they truly do not want players using these but to also realize that part of the experience of players in these spaces does involve these tools for better or for worse 
So as we saw with Terra Online, it was a huge, huge problem for the game. Mm -hmm. um, and while I'm sure it was not solely responsible for what has led to the game yeah. shutting down, um, it definitely was something that caused a huge blow to them and yep. really did um, create some terrible, <laughs> some terrible this, things. This that is happened. essentially and, what would have happened if Square Enix somehow was able to track windower usage and they banned for that. Oh yeah, that's like the equivalent of this. In um, eleven, yeah, you just, yeah, you just kill so much of your player base for it um it's wild <laughs> yeah. yeah so um then i just toss in one that i thought was kind of interesting as we looked forward to the future of mmos um we have all these other ones that right now are adding allowing or making more accessible add-ons freely but ashes of creation is mm -hmm. coming up on its on its fabled release i mean yeah, we've one had of these days. <laughs> one of these days it'll happen <laughs> Um, and as of currently, uh, the creator, actually, or the creative director mm -hmm. has outlined that add-ons and DPS meters will not be allowed in Ashes of Creation. The developers Ooh. don't want add-ons and mods to be necessary to experience the game. The design of the game API is still under consideration. Um, and because they know that they're not going to be doing add-ons or allowing these sorts of tools um they are going to be working hard for integrations available for streaming services such as twitch and uh a few others um but it's not something that they're going to talk about yet mm -hmm. and the developers believe that parsers can have negative effects um and in response to not allowing things like add-ons uh it was quoted from stephen sheriff the creative director the idea mm -hmm. is to make a one-stop shop from the company when it comes to in-game systems right. we don't really want to have any add-ons in my opinion but he also then went on to uh, elaborate upon how highly customizable they are trying to make the ui and other elements of the game to where again i, th I think they are trying to make it so that add-ons would not be needed mm -hmm. because the game itself would do so many things that add-ons already do in the mmo space but how that will actually be realized we don't know yet until yep. it fully releases yep. and i am in a lot of that discourse because I, I follow ashes of creation i love mmos and yeah there are still going to be add-ons if there's not a dps meter someone will crack it in a week yeah it's going there's to happen if they specifically are not going to add their own. Yeah, they, if you don't have another way. But, why would I mean, you think that we wouldn't want that? Well, I mean, this, again, though, this is, this is the first developer that said, if yep. we officially include a parser, yeah. it's probably not going to be a good time. I mean, Yoshida has said this multiple times yeah, absolutely. as well. And this segues um, right into the cons, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what's the problem, right, with, with, with add-ons and stuff? Like, we, we talked about why people use them. Um, if there's, you know, they're to help disabilities and stuff, you know, maybe, maybe there's good, like giant mm -hmm. air quotes, right? Um, yeah. or, you know, more client side things that don't hurt anybody. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but ultimately like, what's the problem when we're looking at add on usage, uh, cheating <laughs> is the big yeah. one, right? Giving players That's an unfair advantage one. over others, um, moving away marks during a fight or, um, telegraphing things that. <laughs> would normally not be telegraphed um mm -hmm. i mean and and i think with with some games right not all games because there's there's very few mmos um that are cross-platform right now i mean there 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 are a, a, you know a small handful but um you know for something like like final fantasy 14 you can play it on playstation 4 5 you can play it on pc um there there is that um desire from the developer specifically that this game should play the same on all of these platforms. And if you have these add-ons that only PC players can use, like 
it's mm-hmm. a, it's a weird thing, right? Like if you're a PlayStation player, you're like, oh man, you mean I can't cheat too? That's, uh, <laughs> that's not quite right, but it's yeah, it's 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 a weird kind of thing of 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 platform parody. Um, yeah. Another big issue is representation in public spaces, right? Um, we see this with with stuff like like shaders, right? Where yeah, like you know, like a lot of these 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 shader stuff, like you'd be like, oh, they just they really good at Photoshop. You know, and you can just like leave it at that. But, um, you know, once you get into uh, shaders on top of stuff like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, equipment mods and stuff right like that. Right. You might have somebody that doesn't play the game like, oh, that's really cool. I want to I want to like play this game. I want to look like that. And then they get into the game. They're like, oh. That's not actually a real piece can't. of armor that you can. What do you mean? I can't walk around with all these NSFW models that I saw on, yeah. the, on the Internet. Um, uh-huh. so that's a thing. Um, you know, uh, harassment, right. Is another thing. Um, uh, yeah. With, with parsing being the big one, right. I mean, this is what mm-hmm. I'm sure what the people behind, uh, that MMO are thinking, you know, on top of Yoshida, right. Yes, we could yeah. add one. Uh, would it lead to harassment and lead to all sorts of party finders requiring certain things? Absolutely. 100%. So we're not going to do it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, having something like that, I mean, it could, it, it's just, yes, it yeah. can help people that want to improve, improve, but yeah. overall, I feel like it would just be bad um, yeah. for everything I else. I disagree. I'm, okay. I, I was, I was, I was going to say, yeah, you go ahead. I mean, there's, there's not much more to it than that. I, I, I know that there are people who are just terrible shitlords about people's parses if you, <laughs> if you parse low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's true. Yeah. I know it's there. I know that that toxicity exists, and I, I hate it. But um, I, I feel like if it were more prevalent, we would see. This is just my optimism. We would see mm-hmm. less assholes because more people would have the ability to easily see what they're doing and maybe care about it. So yeah, you're maybe. so you're you're hoping that nice. if there was an official parser that people would take it as a learning tool. And and that that's yes. Yeah. Like I it, okay. I we see okay also also I want to say the um the the person that is the loudest is is who you think the majority is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loudest voice majority that's not always true. Yes, maybe there are three dudes over here being like, "Ah, you parse gray, you're the worst. You suck." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Well, I first of all don't care about your opinion." Um, and I know a lot of people can't Do. adopt that mindset. It yeah. does it does hurt them to to hear that. But yeah. I feel like there are twenty times more people who are are sitting there not hurting caring other people at all. Or something sure. like parses, or yeah, or even yeah. caring. Like you know, right, it, know, you go ahead, and then I'm going to follow always, up after you. It yeah. was, <laughs> it's always thought of like, this oh, is- the hardcores are like, mm-hmm. you're bad. The hardcore players don't care. Like they don't care. It doesn't matter if another person that they were randomly matched with is bad. That's why they're randomly matched with them. That's why they're not in their group. Like, it doesn't matter. Now, yes, I mean, even in a game that has a lot more parsing, like, wow, you will get blown the heck out if you do not do the damage that your class should be able to do in this specific arena. Like, okay, we're we're in a Mythic Plus, and your AoE DPS is low. Get the heck out of here. And that definitely happened. 100%. I, 
literally witnessed that happen while my partner yep. was raiding in WoW. And part of it is also the weird, unique setup in WoW yes. because like fights are harder the more people you have. And yeah. so if you're like below certain thresholds, they get yeah. easier. So like it's commonly accepted that like at certain thresholds, you have to pull these baseline numbers mm. or it's not even worth having mm -hmm. you there because the fight will get proportionally easier than what you are contributing, yeah. if that makes right. sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I literally witnessed like there was a huge blow up in um, Bebop's guild because mm -hmm. somebody, <laughs> somebody who was a raid leader, their partner consistently parsed below the baseline and they would never kick mm -hmm. them. And then mm -hmm. during during a raid night, somebody else's partner um, dipped below the baseline and they kicked them mid-raid in yep. front of everybody yep. and made them leave God. the raid for the night. And like the person was so upset. Yeah. <laughs> the person that was left was so upset because you know they were like, why in the world would you do this? And like speaking from my own personal experience, sorry, mm -hmm. I segued a bit from WoW out. Oh, I will say that I think <sighs> The community can set a precedent and tone for these things that I do believe can be responsibly handled. Mm -hmm. There is like a there's a, a raid parser thing in Guild Wars 2 where there's a golem arena that you can go to and it'll give you your numbers. And while mm -hmm. the actual game itself doesn't have like the numbers that you can parse in the actual raid, you can go to that golem and you can set it up to simulate all oh. kinds of different mechanics from all kinds of different mm -hmm. things and see if you're meeting the thresholds. Um, and you can set multiple ones around the arena and you can do all kinds of things. You can bring your whole party in and you can all parse together and it'll give mm -hmm. you feedback about everything that's happening. Um, and in that regard, I have seen players use it vastly as a learning tool because right. everyone chooses to go there and be there. Now, myself, um, I think that parse harassment is oftentimes far more insidious than we imagine that it is. Right. This is me speaking from personal experience. Um, what made me almost quit raiding in 14 um, was the fact that I did have somebody who long-term harassed me about parsing. And I, before I joined your beautiful raid group friends, uh, I had almost given up on mm. everything. Um, prior to the group I was even in before that, I had almost given up on ever doing endgame content right. in 14. Um, because I had someone who had posited as being like, you know, a, a positive, helpful learning, mm -hmm. you know, kind of person um, who then instead went out of their way to try and use any bizarre, obtuse data that they could possibly glean about me and my parsing and then lambast me for not being up to their standards. Mm -hmm. And it was mm -hmm. this nonstop thing. And half the data they were pulling was from a character I wasn't even raiding on. Mm -hmm. and like, like, it was so bizarre. It was not my main and they were pulling data from it and then mm -hmm. trying to, you know, um, trying to demean me through this whole process and make me feel like, you know, even though I had met all the standards that they had set a month before, now two months later, the standards were all different and I should have known if I was serious and this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And so that experience was honestly, truthfully, and still to this day, has mm -hmm. been one of the most upsetting things I've ever experienced in this game. It's, and yeah. a lot of that yeah. shame that I felt was because they were using these benchmarkers to constantly belittle me in ways that even though I would try to defend or explain, just like, and half the times weren't even actually real data mm -hmm. that would do any, you know what I mean? Doesn't but matter, they there's still numbers. No, I, they, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I get that. Like, I mean, me and, me and yeah. my wife would just do, uh, 
match up for uh, for Alexander when Alexander came out in Heaven's Word, um, and they she just got booted during one of them, and they said, "Oh, she wasn't doing enough damage. She hadn't mm-hmm. raided since we we are now at a static with friends doing Savage. She hadn't jumped into any any raids since then because of that experience. Yeah. So I, it's one of those it's, things, right? Where especially this week, right? We always hear, "Oh, the Final Fantasy fourteen community is so good," but then you see. Mm-hmm some not so great things and it's like really not so great things. Um, right. So I would, I would love to be as super optimistic in that uh, the community would handle the inclusion of something like this responsibly. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I know it's, I it's, it's the, hard to tell. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the, the line is um, for me, we, we were talking about it a, a little mm-hmm. bit in chat. Uh, the people who want to know this information already have these tools. It's, oh yeah. It's not like adding the parser would change mm-hmm. them. I think the thing that would change it is whether or not it's, it's legal. Suddenly you're allowed to talk about it. You're allowed to tell people, Hey, mm-hmm. you're not doing very well. Um, but harassing people isn't. And, and that, that mm-hmm. has always been the case. So, mm-hmm. well, yes. Um, I do think that there's a, a good possibility that people who don't say anything cause they don't want to get kicked now, might speak up there's also mm-hmm. the fact that that is still harassment and you can still report them for it and they might still shut up i don't yeah. know that that anything would change drastically again i, 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 don't know, I feel <laughs> like there's like like there's a potential of opening the floodgates for assholes like i just i, yes, really I agree do. but also then you report the assholes and they're gone yes That's i think true. if they took visible. a hard line about the harassment element I, I, and I think they would, honestly, if they were to do something yeah. like this. And even if yeah, it was absolutely. a self parser I mean, ultimately, that's, that's the reason that they don't have it yeah. out is because mm-hmm. of the, the harassment issues that would or yeah. arise. Yeah. And even if it was a self parser or there were any way to parse within Stone Sea Sky mm-hmm. and they like expanded some of the components there. Um, or if when you went into raids, every person had the option to say, yes, I would like my data to be recorded or no. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, there are still opportunities in which like Always. people will go out of their way. But I do agree that I think that if they put strong harassment guidelines in mm-hmm. and they do have those already, that um, I think maybe they're more worried about the manpower that it would take to mm-hmm. actually have to deal with complaints regarding it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I'm sure there would be many cases. Um, But, I mean, there was a component of this that I wanted to bring up to all of you as well. The fact that uh, there, not so long ago, was also um, the topic of and the problem of harassment not in-game, but while playing the game in a public venue. So, Mm -hmm. uh, streamers that might use that data live to shame people or to, to... to offer those insights where we did see some backlash. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, personally, I have to say, if you're harassing, you're harassing, you're harassing. It doesn't matter yeah. where you are. It doesn't no, matter if you're visibly broadcasting yourself doing that, you, you dumpo. What did you do? Yeah, like, I, I, I would like to think that seeing somebody do that would make their their group their community go uh and leave but i know that that's not the case i know that there are there are communities wrapped around people like that who are like oh yeah it's fun to make fun of people and that's just so depressing i hate that yeah and i think it's very different i'm sorry oh no it's fine fine no i was just i was just gonna say it's a tool a hammer is a tool we know how to use it but we know also how not to (laughs) you know what i mean 
I usually, I usually learn how not to use it by using it, though, when it comes to stuff like that. Maybe like, it's not I until like, it's... I end up smacking my thumb or something. I'm like, oh, that's how you don't use it. And maybe that's what a visible parser would do. Yeah. And then weed out the people who don't know how to use a hammer. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, and it's, and it's one of those things, too. I mean, we, and we can go on for this for days. Sure. If oh, they and had I a parser, would. how would they use it? Where would they use it? Right. But because I, I, I am, I have not presented my 100% true feelings about this. And, I, and I'm sorry to say that because for me, when I started an MMO, I wasn't good. I was not. I didn't believe get to you. go on a Karazhan run. You've always right? been perfect. I was not good. And then that experience, not being able to go, made me go to Elitist Jerks, which is a long time, old, old forum about, wow, in fact, the current game director was a moderator there. Anyway, uh, or at least part of the actual guild that formed out of it. And that was a self-improvement tool. And from then, I've had that mindset. So I do not understand the other side like and i will say that out loud sure i don't understand the other side yes the harassment we can't do that but it also just says to try harder and i don't mean that for people who cannot do that right there are people who cannot do this because of accessibility and things like that but also if you see it you could take steps to help not do that and if you're in the social contract of an MMO in which content is difficult and you've said, I want to do it, there's a certain level of expectation. Also, there's an expectation that you will not be harassed if you can't do it. So that's where it's like a, mm-hmm. I, 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 I cannot at all, like harassment is wrong, but the tool doesn't cause that is what I would say. Sure. I mean, and that's yeah, the idea of, of assholes are going to be assholes, regardless yeah. of, you know, if they're using a wrench oh. or a hammer. Yeah. yeah. So beyond the realm of parsing, you can still kind of tell if people are doing their sure. jobs correctly, if you understand how the job works. Um, I'm going to tell a story that may look, make me look like a bad guy. I hope not. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like three characters now that I run through the 24 mans to try and get that beautiful gear. So mm-hmm. I'm really tired of running them already. But um. <laughs> When you go into any content as a dancer, and there are other dancers in there, they can dance over each other. It's terrible. I've talked about it before. I'm not going to go into mm-hmm. like super details on that. It, it is a huge pet peeve of mine. So when I go into any sort of content with another dancer, I say, hey, would you like to dance first or should I? Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, I get no answer. Um, right. So I just let them go first because it just means that they're going to go first. Uh, and then as soon as they're done, I go. Um, and most of the time, these dancers also are not on time with their rotations. So I'm sitting there. My dance is up. They have not done theirs yet. And that also bothers me. And this <laughs> this is where I am kind of the bad guy because right. this is just how I have fun playing oh God, the game. Zen, are, yeah. are you an elitist? Partially, I guess. Say in this case, so. I don't know. I there. just want to do my job right. I just yeah. want to practice yeah. doing my job right. Um, so the other day, uh, and it doesn't happen too often. If they're late, it's like five seconds or something. The mm-hmm. other day, I was in a 24-man with a dancer who actually was so late with their dances that I could have probably de- I did, actually. I danced twice before they danced again. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> I, I just brought it up. I was like, hey, 
I've been trying not to do this. I'm trying to like line up with your dances so we're not overriding each other. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I think actually I'm not trying to be a dick here, but uh, like if you don't if you don't do yours on time, then it pushes me back. And that's how I have fun playing. Mm-hmm. And I got so. Yeah, and that's like, fine. Some that's people okay. are that's like all that. I can do. Yep. That's yeah. all I can do. I, I, I put my feelings out there. I got I don't give a fuck back. And that's yeah. OK. Yeah. That's all right. the thing. You don't need to do any of the optimization to do anything in this game. You don't need to do it. Yeah. You don't. It's it's no. how They're like you'd this like isn't savage. Interact. Yeah. Okay. It's how you'd like to interact. I'm gonna go and into a raid and I'm just gonna mind. push number one on my hot bar yeah. until things die. And that's fine, because you don't need everyone to be optimized. You don't even need it yeah. for savage. You need it a bit more for ultimate, but not even all that much for the first clears, right? Nobody's optimized the first clears. Sure. It's not gonna happen. Um, you know, they try to as they're going through, but a month from now, there's going to be all new strats around uptime, around this, around that yeah, to make it easier to do. But yeah, nobody has to do it. And, and I, that's where the real pressure comes from. The people who want to versus the people who are like, I literally don't care about that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I said, there's, there's nothing I can do about that yeah. at that point. They, yeah. They've let me that's know that they don't care. I mean, and, and, and okay, that's, I will that's, continue to not, not enjoy myself. That's and that's, fine. that's part yeah. of the, the, the obstacle, right? When designing um, any kind of multiplayer game, right? You're going to have people with all sorts of mentalities, um, people with different disabilities, people with different yeah. play styles. Like, and it's the, the, the ultimate goal, right, is to just try and hit whatever baseline you can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to get everybody, and that's where no. add-ons start to come in. Um, Part of the problem with that situation too is that the way they've inherently designed some of these classes overrides yeah. key abilities. That so it is, it is tough. I mean, I used to have to do that all the time when I was playing Astrologian uh, Stormblood mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. when we still had the cards that could go out as like a party-wide effect. Um, and you know, try to juggle yeah. that and figure that out. And I a mean, lot of times, you'd have somebody who would overwrite with everything. I mean, the difference here, if we if we circle it back, um, mm-hmm. is that obviously you didn't choose to harass in right. that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that is important, right? Because uh, I think there are many ways to view what can be considered harassment, and there has been a lot of conversation in the community. And Zen, I think you bring up a good point. I tend to find myself myself less less. Uh, I, I do don't it. like to inter- I just I just don't like to entertain this mentality too much because I think I've I've personally had bad experience with the people who feel very self-righteous in this if this makes sense. But yeah. the idea of the toxic casual is something mm-hmm. where I do believe harassment can also be something where like somebody's disproportionate response to something that is not harassment mm-hmm. can also very much affect players or, yeah. you know, you're doing a mentor roulette and you offer like a piece of very benign advice and the other person loses it. Like there are many reasons for that. And people I think do feel, especially in MMO communities, the pressure of others' expectations. And yes, in most content, it's one of those things where it's like, this is fine. We didn't all agree to go in. We're not on the same page. We didn't make a verbal pact to go do savage. But like, please, you're, you're cold on. If you're a tank, please, dear God, I can't. I keep you alive right. five times, and I can save you this if I just tell you how to do it, like in a really yeah. kind way. Because I try really hard to be that person, the really nice person. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, please let me just give you a tip on this. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am lucky in the sense that I. I think tactful speech is oftentimes one of my strengths. So I've had mm-hmm. very few times where 
the toxic casual has affected me, right. I suppose. Sure. But for other people who aren't as nuanced in the way that they communicate or adjust to others, who then offer something that can be construed as advice, or who are trying to meet somebody in the middle, there can be a return that is so negative and so mm -hmm. that I also think yeah. crosses the line, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to move on to the next point within harassment because yeah, does yeah. anybody else feel like <laughs> we could but, be here yeah. all day? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but this is something that we'll touch on again later. But I thought it was important to mention within harassment yeah. too because um, taking non-consensual screenshots of your character mm -hmm. with a model that they've ripped and then using those to sexually harass, which is actually something I have heard about and I do know yeah. has happened. This, so, this like, was a big thing uh, a few years back where people, again, right, we, we mentioned this earlier, where if you do any kind of uh, a client-side character mod or equipment mod, that could display on other characters as well, matching you know certain specifications or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, a, a few years back, there was a thing where um, people would do this um, in order to try and show that, oh, look, they're using mods. You should ban them. Like, uh, you know, that's one side of it. The other side is there's there's a lot of NSFW mods out there. Um, and, you know, people are doing that. It's that idea of consent, right? You could be totally naked on somebody's screen and you would never know about it. And that's really weird. Um, you know, same goes for the idea of just, you know, mods in general, right? For, for like nudity mods mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, you know, Yoshida came out. Um, right after Shadowbringers came out because people were doing these mods for underaged NPCs. And he's like, can you like not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I even see here at chat Sakura saying um, that's happened to me. I had somebody I didn't know, take screenshots of my character, post them on Twitter without my permission with mods that I didn't have installed. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, I've heard of other yeah. people even use this, like you have an RP partner or something who really doesn't take it well that you broke up or you have somebody who your character might not even be involved with or something like mm -hmm. that, yeah. who then takes these pictures of your character and sends them to you. And it's funny because I guess as a person, I've always felt like a lot of times my characters are kind of like little dress up dolls. And so mm -hmm. like when it comes to the topic that we'll touch on later, like, do I care if I accidentally take off all my gear and somebody has a mod on that's a butt naked mod and they see me naked on the screen? No, I think it's funny. A lot of times <laughs> I'm like, yeah, flash. Like, <laughs> I forgot to save this glamour plate or any gear. So that's what you get. Like, <laughs> but it's a very different thing when it is being used. Um, in a way that is abusive, yeah. like specifically towards individuals mm -hmm. and people behind games where it's like, this is an extension of ourselves in a digital space. And mm -hmm. so as with literally everything in this game that is mature or 18 plus, or if you're doing ERP or if you're doing anything, right? It mm -hmm. has to all be done utterly consensually and with consenting adults. Like, um, otherwise the intentions are bad. <laughs> Right. They are bad and they yeah. uh, they can really cause harm to people. So. Mm -hmm. uh, and then wrongful assumptions. Just because yeah. you don't see somebody streaming. Yeah, for I mean, we talked we talked about this earlier, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Especially after what happened, right? It's that idea like, oh, this group didn't stream. They must be cheating. No, <laughs> it just means they don't want to show other people their strategies because they would like right. to be yeah. the world first. Um, and you know, unfortunately, like there are going to be some people that think that now, um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's a shitty situation to be in for everybody involved. Um, 
we talked about the coordination of these groups and how much time they put in and then to have it undercut by the assumption mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. like it, it it can just undercut the whole thing yeah and then you yeah. never want to do it again and it's very different in 14 than it is in many other mmos like wow's race to worlds first it's so it's so strange to me. I actually had to like triple read this because when I was prepping for casting for it, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Because you know the mechanics of the bosses before they come out. Mm-hmm. Like they you know a lot of it. You know a lot of it. There's a different tier that's released, so you have an idea. Usually the last boss, people don't they haven't been in to fight them in the lower yeah. version of the fight. But um, there is a like dungeon journal entry that's released of the hardest version that gives you mm-hmm. the key bullet points of what the mechanics will be in that fight before you've ever set foot in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this last race to World First was unusual because the last three bosses, people hadn't been able to go mm-hmm. in to play, but they did have notes about the mechanics. So in the case of something like World of Warcraft, um, of course, strategies and how groups deal with those uh, are definitely things that are pilfered between groups. But compared to Final Fantasy XIV, where literally the entire thing is done sight unseen, um, I mean, of course, when you're doing Savage, it's different than something like Ultimate, because at least there is a normal version that comes out. So you have like a baseline that the groups are operating off mm-hmm. of as far as the core mechanics. But the iterations and how they spin that in Savage, completely different, yeah. right? And uh, maybe right. bonus features. So. Real, real quick, I want to jump in on, on chat here, uh, Svanis and chat. One good thing about being on PS4, they can't change what I have on. Uh, that is false, uh, unfortunately. Um, if somebody has some kind of cosmetic mod, it will affect all players that have that gear or that character model or whatever mm-hmm. on their screen. So regardless of what console you're playing on, obviously right now, like PC is the only one that can do these mods, right? Um, mm-hmm. But if you're playing on PS4, PS5, if somebody has these mods installed, they could That's what have you, look, you like. look however they want. Ultimately, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't matter what console you're playing on. Everybody's crossplay. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 an unfortunate thing. I uh, just wanted to make yeah. sure that 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 was that was clear. Um, it's it's not good news, but um, yeah, yeah, I think it's important that that people um, are aware of that. I mean, right. you know, more, We're more talking issues. about the cons. Yeah, I mean, more more other cons, right? <laughs> the idea of like ESO doesn't have a mini map, right? Um, so, you know, maybe they don't really pay attention to some map stuff when they're in like development for, for things. Right. Cause they're like, Oh, yeah. they'll fix it for us. Right. That's such a terrible idea to get into terrible mindset. Um, mm-hmm. and of course you have lack of protection or, or recompense for developers of add-ons. Um, yeah. you know, all this development time put into some of these add-ons. Right. And then they may not see any kind of monetary gain from it um mm-hmm. or um the game has an update and then immediately the add-on doesn't work anymore or something was done so that it can't work anymore even if there's some more mm-hmm. work done to it um and compl- then they'll be harassed to update it right yeah right. and then there's complications with existing add-ons right and new in-game features that are similar like you know it's it's like um with you know yoshida has said that they're going to be looking at some of the more popular um, mm-hmm. UI add-ons and trying to incorporate that into the game. Well, then what happens with those add-ons? Hopefully, they just don't exist anymore because we have right. them officially, right? Um, but there's also, uh, you know, real-world uh, RMT concerns, right? Especially for, like, the really bad mods, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, 
it's like if you want this good stuff you know pay me some money and i'll I'll give you the, the executable or whatever and that's like mm-hmm. that's if you have to pay for a mod that's how you know you absolutely should never ever use it <laughs> <laughs> right um, um people people do pay for uh the visual mods too like people get yeah. commissions to have dresses and stuff in the game yeah. mm-hmm. it's what were you gonna say Oh, there's there's a point that I want to put in after this. That's mm-hmm. all I was going to say. Okay, okay. Um, after this, after we co- cover this category here, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, real money trading is for real. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that when people are putting time and energy into this, it kind of dovetails with the lack of protection and recompense for developers of add-ons, right? If they're spending their time and energy and skills to figure these things out or to take custom commissions, absolutely, I understand why they would want to be recompensed for it. But of course, they are working within a platform that is not theirs. Like, it is not Mm. theirs legally. Um, You know, if bots selling gill for money are considered bad, and, you know, we obviously have a ton of stuff with that, um, we've even seen this extend to asking gill for art commissions. We've Mm -hmm. seen Square Enix have to take stances on things like this because ultimately this is a platform for them to maintain manage and earn money off of so like however we feel it's their product and Mm -hmm. they don't want other people you know using it as a platform you know either for just bad stuff like yeah like encouraging things like just get whatever you want pay tons of money Um, but they also don't want that money not going into their own pockets you know yeah (laughs) it is a business exactly (laughs) um Um, the thing i wanted to mention uh mm -hmm. was was a point that is kind of a hard idea to explain, so I wanted to to put it in here. So we talked about lack of protection and recompense for developers of add-ons. Mm-hmm. But conversely, I also want to put in complications for developers where, uh, with existing add-ons being uh, a, like a an influence in the space of their game when mm-hmm. they themselves want to develop new in-game features that might be similar to them or that might be um, mm-hmm. a convenience that's been on their radar but that they haven't done. Um, you know, do games need to take into account add-ons when they are developing things and then adjust everything to something that is technically against terms of service in the case of Final Fantasy XIV? And an example of this that recently happened, um, Guild Wars 2 handles a lot of things very well, but this was one really weird thing they handled extremely poorly, (laughs) (laughs) which is that, so in Guild Wars 2, you were all talking about Final Fantasy XI and the um, template, like the the gear Gear templates and things. Yeah. Yeah. So in Guild Wars 2, uh, in, in 11, they had mods for this, right? In Guild Wars 2, you also have a huge array of builds that you might do on a single character. You have all these like additional class, like evolution-y kind of things that you can do with elite specializations. You have all these different skills. You have all these different builds that your one class is capable of doing. And with that, you need to have specific skill lines that give you passive traits uh, to support that build that you're doing. And you need to have specific substats on gear that support what you're trying to do. So like if you're building around Condi damage, which is damage over time, you have to have skills that will do that. You have to have um, gear that supports that kind of damage. So there was a community made add-on because the game for many years didn't have actual templates for quick changing that. So like if I'm playing a guardian and I want to do power guardian or I want to do damage over time firebrand, which is a different build that I can do, um, I would have to go in and manually put all the gear on the character and change the skill lines and do all the things, right? So there was an add-on that was developed that allowed people to have many different templates and then to be able to, you know, auto do their build. So I click on this and it'll be this build. I click on this, it'll give me the gear set for it. Mm. And it had a whole bunch of slots and it was free. 
And then Guild Wars 2 was like, we realized this is something that we really want to do in the game, so they themselves made a version of it to release. Um, but when they released it, because Guild Wars 2 doesn't have a subscription, um, and they are you know very conservative in the costs that they charge for mm -hmm. the game and all sorts of other things, um, they do have to earn money. And so I know why they made this decision, but when they released this, they put in build templates into the game, but they put in less spots than the add-on had, and then mm. additional slots you had to buy with mm. real money. Now, in Guild yeah. Wars 2, you can get currency in-game to earn the cash shop currency, and there's a lot of flexibility with this. But at the same time that they did this, they made that particular add-on a bannable offense. Mm. So that players would be forced mm. to use the new system that was integrated into the game. And if they wanted more slots like the previous add-on had had, um, they would have to pay for them. Mm. So this, as you can imagine, went over real good in oh, the I'm community. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so as we look ahead to some of the stuff that later is going to be brought up um, with like Final Fantasy XIV implementing certain mods, I do mm -hmm. think that there is a real complexity, both in how add-on creators may lack protections for work that they've done that then major companies will monetize off of by just taking that work and being like, I made this, but also for games themselves in releasing features that they may have to tailor a specific way to their model, to their revenue, to their existing systems, mm -hmm. to stuff like that but that we as players might have gotten used to the free version, but that version was never really allowed technically in the first place. Right. And so like, yeah. I don't know, Aldi, you know, if you have any thoughts on this as somebody who works in the industry, or if we just want to move on, I don't, I, I don't know either yeah. way, but there is a complex issue within that. Yeah. Uh, I'll just, just super quickly, like there's some industries where that's, that's supposed to happen. You make add-ons to game engines. And you go, oh, yeah, that's that's a cool add-on or, or a new feature or a new tool made in it. And you might even be bought by the parent company, right? But games are not that. There really aren't any games that do that. Like, that's yeah. not how it happens, really. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's a very weird space to operate in, especially when you start charging. Yeah. Like, it gets weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, again, you know, we talked about player consent. Um, yeah, and we wanted to, to kind of circle around back to this. Um, 2020, we had a chance to uh, talk to Yoshida, um, and this would have been a thing that was kind of popping up a, a fair bit around that time. Um, so we had asked about the idea of being ha able to have some kind of a uh, file integrity check or something that would be able to detect if you are using modified files, right, for the game. Because people were trying to impersonate other players or people were trying to make it seem like other people were modding. Um, and he said that since data packets are distributed equally to all players, it's difficult for us to identify what kinds of tools are being used and how data is being handled on players' personal computers. That said, manipulating or uh, secretly prying into others' data violates the, great, the game's terms, um, and so we would inflict penalties um, if we see any issues after doing investigations. Rest assured, though, um, we do thorough investigations as to not falsely accuse anyone. Um, so they just, you know, like there's and again, you know, I've been seeing a lot in chat here um, as as well, where, uh, you know, people are saying if they had any kind of spider or any kind of detection like that, they would stop playing the game. Right. This is mm -hmm. one of those things you can't do is looking into other people's files like that easily. Um, yeah. Without I, permission. 
Um, yeah. And there's discourse around anti-cheat and things like that, which do, yes. to a certain extent, do that. It's a little limited. But yeah, there are... I mean, anytime a game gets one of those systems, people are just watching it, going, if you touch a file that you don't need to, that's it for you, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't, you can you can stay in your game folder, sure, but if you're sniffing my packets, if you're doing this, if you're doing that, I'm going sniffing to stop. Sniffing so my it's like, packets. Exactly. I this tea smells delicious. Less sexy than I wanted it to? Yeah, I'll go with less sexy than I wanted it to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's such a slippery slope. Yeah. And there's such a backlash. Yeah. Really. Um, and I mean, an- another issue too, um, again, going on consent right now is you look at mm-hmm. certain websites that you can upload your parse data to. Um, one of these websites is opt out, not yep. opt in, meaning anybody could just upload your information and people could see your parsing numbers. Mm-hmm. So right now, I mean, without even there being parsing in game, which we talked about, right? And the harassment mm-hmm. that could come from that right now. If you just happen to be in a party finder group with somebody that was recording that and they uploaded it, You're your there. data's out there. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, another problem, too, that we're, we're starting to see now as well is, um, you know, I know we've, we've already, like, quoted some older interviews, mm-hmm. right? Um, but some of these older statements just aren't holding up anymore. Um, for example, back in 2013, Square Enix said that ENB injectors, which are like shader programs, Mm-hmm. We're not against the terms of service. Yep. They said that utilizing such a tool would not violate any agreements that customers have with Screenix. We don't plan on doing anything to restrict users from accessing it. Uh, of course, they then advise people like, you know, if you're downloading other stuff, we can't be responsible for mm-hmm. any damn like, whatever, right? Um, but recently, uh, with the letter that Yoshida posted, somebody went and asked GM about it, um, and they say that we understand your concerns regarding that aspect of our policy. Uh, but we won't be able to provide you with more details uh, other than what has been stated in Mr. Yoshida's mm-hmm. post on the Lodestone. Regarding the forum post, uh, it was posted in 2013, and considering that our policies and the game itself have evolved a lot in nine years, this cannot be taken into consideration. So, like, yes, somewhere at some point on the official forums, they're like, these are okay. Yeah, but that was also nine years ago, and they may not be anymore. They're not going to go back to every single post that they said stuff like this in and be like, edit not anymore like it's not it's not feasible right um and so this is the more recent um one of the more recent things we have right uh a live letter uh, a couple years ago this was live letter 57 right before that patch 5.2 where they added the you know the restricted the the ability to place markers and fights right because mm-hmm. of this stuff um and so I'm just going to read through this real quick. I think it's really important. I think it really gets to a lot of, of what a more modern take on these are. Um, this is from the, uh, the official digest. So this is, this is what square Enix officially gave us their translation, their translation, their summarization Uh, near the end of last year, inappropriate screenshots were created using mods and the usage of third party tools in end game content um, became a hot topic. So we went over these topics uh, to provide our stance as the development and operations teams. Before that matter on whether mods are allowed or not, posting inappropriate screenshots using mods violates simple public decency. So don't do it. Uh, Not only will you face risks such as account suspension, you may even face penalties in real life. In addition to this issue of decency, we are aware that there have been uh, a constant debate over whether mods are allowed or not. Mods refer to the addition of graphics and maps that do not exist in the game or data that alters the game's programming. Installing and playing with these are a violation of the terms of service, and as such, our answer to, are mods allowed, would be, 
It's prohibited by the terms of service. Mm -hmm. Uh, In some cases, there have been games where mods improved the gameplay value and led to growth in their community activity, and the developers officially endorsed the mod. Situations like these where the players, community, development, and operations team respected each other brought about this mod culture, which we believe isn't something that is necessarily good or bad. It just is. Uh, Next, uh, for third-party tools, as a premise, we will use third-party tools. uh, The use of third-party tools is also prohibited by the terms of service. As such, like mods, if we were asked whether or not third-party tools are allowed, our answer would be, please don't use them. However, um, what would be considered a tool will vary for each person, making it difficult to draw a line. This is why we don't have, well, they could just tell us what we can use. That would be like a 10,000 page list. All right. It's not happening and it's not feasible. Yeah. Um, So the developers um, also do not have the right to confirm what kinds of applications are installed on your computer or smartphones and do not have the right to ask you to refrain from using certain applications. This would be like if they're like, you can't use Excel with Final Fantasy 14 installed on Mm -hmm. your computer. That's not that that's weird. They're not going to do that. Right. Um, she just says, suppose we were asked, are we allowed to use Final Fantasy 14 and voice chat programs uh, at the same time? Voice chat doesn't directly in- interact with 14's data and whether it should be considered a third party tool is ambiguous. So it'd be difficult to provide a definitive answer. Even a parser system that calculates the damage based uh, damage values based on the battle log displayed in game is difficult to determine as a tool or not and would be considered a gray area. Uh, with that ambiguity in mind, <laughs> the development and operations teams have taken a stance of please don't use any third party tools. This is because using third party tools puts that player's account at risk. We understand that some of you would like us to clearly define what's allowed or simply prohibit all tools. However, it is impossible to individually verify an infinite number of applications and software, and we cannot determine what would be considered all tools due to the ambiguity of what constitutes the definition of a tool in the first place. However, calculating another player's DPS and posting that information online to shame them is clearly harassment and warrants penalty. That would be an issue even before we consider whether all tools are allowed or not. Additionally, we often receive requests for an official damage calculation tool, but we would never implement one. The reason for this is because it may uh, become the root of many disputes within the community. Finally. We'd like to explain our policy on plugins, such as those for the parsing programs. In the category of plugins, uh, there are some malicious ones that negatively disrupt the game balance or fraudulently manipulate memory. Uh, Some examples include the plugin that automatically placed waymarks uh, that was widely talked about in the community, and the plugin uh, that made uh, self-made graphics on invisible AOEs uh, to make Mm -hmm. them visible. Uh, Keep in mind that when these have an extremely high risk of resulting in a penalty, um, and the development op- and operations team have been working on the system side to prevent these types of malicious plugins. Tools, reporting wars, penalties, these would be relevant, uh, wouldn't be relevant to you if you were enjoying the game normally. We'd like mm. for players to enjoy the game itself, and we would like to enjoy working together with our players as we develop the game. Yeah. So what do we take away from this? Yeah, Discord is fine. Yeah, some yep. of this other stuff might be fine too. There's a lot of gray area. Yeah. Right. But what it comes Including down to parser. What mm. it comes sh- down to is are we allowed to use any third? No. Yeah. no. That's the rule. That That's has it. always been this is the TLDR part of the episode. Yeah. If you're just tuning in. 
this has always been the rule. This will always be the rule. It will never give you a list of all the allowed third party things because have you gone and just looked? It's like, it's like, it's like, hey, Google, tell me what literally all programs are that I can install on Windows. You would be mm-hmm. there for a few years as it lists every single thing. And you want Square Enix to go through and check each one of those to make sure it's okay to run with 14? That's not going to happen anytime soon. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It is. It, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Everybody. I get it yep. to anybody who might be listening to this and they're like, but no, <laughs> because <buts. laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. There are two sides to this very much, right? One is the way that I perceive this as a content creator. And one is how I perceive this as somebody who would be playing this game, not publicly, Mm -hmm. not as a public representation of this game, and not as somebody that would ever have hopes of working with the Mm -hmm. game professionally. So I'm going to really fast break my feelings down on this into these Uh two categories. When it comes to the regular person player, Square Enix needs to be real clear on this. Because there is a lot of, well, it's not allowed, gray area. It's Uh not allowed, that's a gray area, though. But it's not allowed, though, but that's a gray area. And Uh to, like, any person that plays this game, all they are going to hear is the gray area. Because, like you pointed out, Fusion, going all the way back to 11, where, again, it was gray area, but the interpretation of gray area, even though they said, oh, it's not allowed, in that interview that we quoted at mm-hmm. the start, they literally giggled like, hee 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 hee, don't out yourself, but we all use it, like, in an interview with the developers. And it was almost never punished, at least from the impression that I get from you, mm-hmm. versus now, where again, when and how they choose to enforce this, implement this, or do this, can be a whole other thing for players, and then we get into things like these reporting wars, and so on and so forth, right? So, for the casual player, we read the terms of service and use of add-ons in other games earlier. They are very clear, they are very specific, and there is no there's no five paragraphs that are like, hee hee hee, gray area. It's just like, here is how you can use it in our game, or it is forbidden. Um, and I think they need to be clear in that regard. Now, as a content creator, you cannot take away the hee 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 gray area from this. Because I, as somebody that has worked professionally with these brands, many of us here who have worked professionally with Square Enix, like, you know, the moment you start talking to anyone that works at a company, that as someone who may want to have a professional working relationship with these brands, you cannot tee-hee-hee terms of service. It doesn't work unless you are so monumentally huge that for some reason they're willing to overlook it. And even then, if you continually flaunt or you even occasionally flaunt breaking it, you will be removed from lists. You will be removed from partnership programs Mm -hmm. because you signed a contract. You will be removed. So as a creator, it is your responsibility to proactively curate the space that you have to professionally navigate and understand the professional environment that you are conducting your livelihood in and to understand that no matter how you feel about it personally, that if you choose to use it and they choose to enforce it, those are choices that you both made. Mm -hmm. And that was a choice that you could have avoided. And if you had had even a single conversation with somebody working in any MMO in a professional capacity, I have no doubt that they told you that much clearly, just as we saw many times, please don't do it in that. So 
gray area only carries you so far. Maybe if you become a champion of that, it does mean that you still get to have your big community and you get to be on your high horse advocating. Well, okay, I shouldn't say high horse because some of these additions do need to be advocated for. Yes, and absolutely. some of these additions do need to be put into the game. And yes, we need to talk about them. And that's why this whole conversation is so important. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you have to understand that this industry works in a specific way. So as a content creator, it is part of your job to understand that. So I have very little pity for people that I know have had 5,000 opportunities to not show this however they want to use it on their own time. I have had people ask me, why don't you use mods or parsers on stream? And my answer since the first day I started streaming when I was a nobody is that I knew better than to do it. <laughs> Because mm -hmm. if I ever wanted to be at the point where I could work with the company, I knew that I would have to professionally present myself at all times as somebody they would want to work with. So mm -hmm. that's my feeling. They yep. should not cage about this gray area, particularly for creators, particularly for players of the game who enjoy these things and just need to know how they are or aren't going to get banned. But right. as creators, it is part of our job to understand these guidelines. And if you choose to break these, even if you think there's a gray area or a case to be made, you accept what happens mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. they do decide yes. to, to punish it at literally any given time. Even yeah, these the other games, I know, mm -hmm. even these other yep. games that allow add-ons say we have the right at any time to forbid yep. an add-on. So. Yep. I want to, uh, yeah, and, and to kind of help emphasize this, I want to, this is going to be our last, uh, our last little wrap up here as we kind of get to the end. Mm -hmm. This is an older interview. Uh, we did this in, back in 2014. Uh, but yeah, this is incredibly still relevant. Uh, we asked recently, there has been noise from players about parsers, mods, and third party applications being used in Final Fantasy 14 and about people getting more suspended or even banned by GMs for using such applications. There was also mention of a plugin API for the game. Uh, we were wondering what the policy was, your stance on it, and how you were approaching these issues. Some players are worried uh, and they don't want to get banned. Yoshida told us, this is a very difficult question to answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are first and foremost a software company. And as a software company, we cannot really approve of anyone modifying our product in any way. Uh, we would prefer it if everyone played the game within the original design of the software. Otherwise, we can't guarantee the quality of the product itself. Officially, the policy is that any add-ons or modification of the game are against the rules and privacy policy. And when playing our game, everyone has to have gone through the steps and agreed to the terms and conditions when you sign up. However, I too am a hardcore PC gamer, so I understand that there are a lot of plugins and add-ons available to many games. So, this is, this is if, if you're going to take away anything from this episode, I want it to be this. As a PC gamer, all I can say is please don't get caught. If you're going yeah. to use add-ons and plugins, please be discreet about it. Don't go around telling your friends that you mod the game in chat. Don't go asking a GM if such an you know if there's an add-on that's okay. We can't go around and check if add-ons and plugins will work with our game and debug everything, and then check that it doesn't break anything. It's too much. Really, what it comes down to is I. All I can say, I can't say yes to these things. Uh, and the players have to realize that by using an application that accesses game files, that they are the ones that are assuming the risk of viruses and possibly compromising their account. Okay, so this is the takeaway. 
are third-party tools or add-ons allowed? No. No. And if you're gonna use them, sure as shit, don't stream them on Twitch. Or post a ton of like, yeah. like you know, screenshots. That's yeah. the th like I I saw more than a handful of streamers this past week. Really, like I think I think our friend Brian, I think he the way he phrased it was poking the bear. Mm -hmm. Look at me. I'm streaming with third party add-ons. I do hope you get banned because you're being a big asshole about everything here right now, sir. <laughs> like, yeah. like, don't stream this stuff. Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, don't harass people with these add-ons. Don't try and make it look like people are banned, like, you know, using these add-ons. Don't make people naked. That's just weird. <laughs> like, and, and don't stream it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like I just, uh, it, it's, sorry. It's, that was me making a face that was yeah. very much like, yeah, don't, don't make me. people naked, <laughs> yeah. like without their consent. There you go. Without, without their, their consent, consent. right? Yeah, it, it is, it's, it's is one key. of those things. Like I think at the end of the day, what people need to realize is, do we want this to be clear? Yes, but is it ever going to be? Maybe not. At the end of the day, I feel like it is clear. Don't do it. Well, what, or don't is, get right? caught. That's the thing. People yeah. people want it to be clear because they want to find ways where they can make themselves not guilty in a yeah. sense, it's right? It's like skipping school. Skipping school doesn't really hurt anybody but you, generally. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and if you get caught, you might get, like, expelled. Yeah. But if you don't get speeding. caught, yeah, yeah. speeding's if, a I mean, good if, one. If you're, using, if you're using some of this stuff, like, obviously, there's some, like, really nasty stuff that is, it, they are cheats, right? But yeah. if you're like, I just want a UI that looks nice, Okay, you're not hurting anybody, or I, I want something to help with my colorblindness or something to help with my ADHD. Fine. But the second you start talking about it or you stream with it, like you're, you were already, like, let's be clear, yeah. you were already vi violating the yes. TOS. Now you're and violating the TOS and shining a gigantic spotlight on yourself with, with a plane skywriting. Mm -hmm. Hey, look at me, I'm breaking the TOS. Yeah. If you really want to take that risk, that's on you. <laughs> there are ways to ask for these things yes. without strictly labeling mm -hmm. what you are referring to. And this is the big thing, because like I said, I think there are a lot of things in mods and add-ons that we do need in this game. Yeah. yeah. I mm -hmm. believe that in many other games, I have seen mods and add-ons be an asset and largely a positive. Although, of course, as we talked about, there are negatives. So for me personally, yes, please, we need these things. But if you are using them, again, don't get caught. Don't say nothing. Don't rat other people yeah. out. And be careful yeah. and know that it's your own responsibility. We cannot endorse this either. As people on a podcast, we cannot endorse that you do this. No. Don't use them. Don't use them publicly. Yeah, and not. understand that they are not okay with it. But if there are things that you think that they address that are important, take it to the forums yes. and just say, we need better colorblind options mm -hmm. in this game. Just Now's say, the perfect time. Like, like yeah, they're, they're looking at this because things have exploded. Now is the perfect time yeah. to go to the forum and ask for the things that you, yes, yes. nicely, mm -hmm. constructively, ask for things that you actually feel the game needs. 
Yes, yes. You know, there are so many things from like actual accessibility concerns to just convenience and quality mm -hmm. of life that are really important. And the the light at the end of the tunnel here is that um, Yoshida-san has said now that they are going to be looking at popular add-ons and trying to implement them. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we could do like an entire post about this. I'm sure yeah. we or an entire podcast about this. I'm sure we could do everything. But um, yes, now is the time. Now is the time to give your feedback about things that are needed in this game, um, to weigh in or to listen to players who are sharing their experiences, mm -hmm. be it anything from the great VR Hrothgar debacle that you all know I'm yeah. too passionate about, to real like to accessibility concerns, to uh, UI changes. Like, give your feedback and thoughts on it because yeah, it's not safe to do this and whatever our feelings they clearly do not they are not okay with it and they have been banning people even for things like these parsers in the past few mm -hmm. weeks um which they may or may not have spottily enforced in the yeah. past and that is their legal yeah. right to do that, so that's the thing that always gets people they never banned for this before and they could have they can they can ban yeah. your account just because they feel like it they don't need a reason yeah you don't own the game you don't own your character you're paying them to like you're essentially renting this stuff like and that that's always the weird thing like people are like oh but they this has been okay it's never been okay it never, never will be okay. okay there's it's, a per, there's a perception of it being okay because for a while not everybody's going around twitch streaming and showing hey look what i got yeah. like it's don't do it's, that to me it's exactly like speeding yes you can speed and yes there could be a police uh, uh, a police a car right behind lane. you lots and, of people are doing it yeah there could be yeah. a police car right behind you that doesn't pull you over but there could be one that decides to, and yep. they could at that point decide to give you a ticket or not. But yep. you know that you're in risk when you do it. Yep. And that's risk mitigation. That's up to you. Yeah. However, you can't be upset about that. You know that you were in the wrong. Exactly. I don't know what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I really, I really hope that they look overall. Mm -hmm everything that's out there and really genuinely try after a lot of this to figure out how they can meet players a bit more in a middle ground. I know that they want to control their product and there are so many reasons for wanting to do that to keep yeah. the quality and consistency of Final Fantasy XIV high, but there are many areas of this game that actually drag that quality back or that experience back or that element mm. back that again players have found ways and workarounds that are valuable like and if they can take that inspiration and information and i mean of course as we talked about earlier there are some concerns with that too in like well if somebody's really put a lot of time and effort into this are they going to get in trouble for even making mm -hmm. that and then have it show up in the game later is it going to be but like i really hope they use this as a moment to start bridging the gap yeah. with the needs of their community and their flexibility in accepting and integrating right. things that may be beyond their scope. Um, Cause there are many other things they do well, but yeah. um, there are many areas that I think the community does have valid improvements mm -hmm. and ideas on. And don't tell me, don't be pessimistic about this. It, that's another thing that I definitely want to say here. Oh, they'll, they'll never do it. And yes, I know it might take them a long time, but did we or did we not get them to remake this game? Do you think they wanted to? <laughs> do you think they wanted to do that and put all that money into bringing it back out? Do you think they knew that they were going to make as much money as they do now? They didn't. But we are very insistent. And we are very insistent in constructive ways. And we get things changed. We're getting two ultimates. And the first one was awesome. And we all know that. Go out, say things in a constructive way. Keep trying it. 
we know better as a community than to give up on something. We do. I think we do. My so heart. Go. <laughs> I, I that was beautiful. I don't think I could have put it any better myself. All right. With that, everybody, that is going to be it for us today. Uh, thank you so much for, for for tuning in. We just we had to talk about this. Yeah. Um, it's just it's 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 been a, it's been a week, uh, to put it lightly. So um, definitely, if you haven't already, go back through Yoshida's letter, read everything in it. Um, if you missed any part of this episode, go back, listen to it. We, you know, we tried to pull in a lot of things from history, as it were. Um, but yeah, they're not allowed. Don't do them. Don't get caught with them. That's it. That's, 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 that's the whole thing. Um, if you want, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube at Rafflederg. Zen. Hi, you can find me on Twitter at Zanidra underscore A. You can probably maybe eventually find me on Twitch at Strawberry Bop and also add plus the word when the number shot the word. And then that's uh, the D&D podcast that Charles and I do sometimes. We're doing a show tonight. It's about Diablo. And then that was go to YouTube also. All right. I'll do now. Hi. Hello. Hi. I am only here. Um, and Twitch. Uh, well, Twitch. I do have a Twitch. I have not streamed. I still am thinking about doing some PvP. Maybe next season. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I am still working on the OnlyFans. I know that this has become a bit, but one of these days I'm going to have enough time to at least put some content so on there. If you, yeah. if you do OnlyFans, are you going to get a goose and then pay off people's student loans with your bits? Uh, I mean, if, if I get enough money, you know, maybe. Maybe, okay. yes, sure. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd love to turn into uh, Oprah. Everybody gets a whatever. Yeah, I mean that sure. that TikTok has been going around for a couple of days. People know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. I just like, even I got it, and I don't do I, social am media. I, am I like too hip with it? Did I like see it before everybody else? Oh yeah, yeah. you're too hip. You're just <laughs> too <laughs> hip. Yo, I found Strong Bad before right. anybody knew what what Homestar Runner was Look. back in my high school. All right, but I your kids are gonna center. love it. Your kids are gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's where I'm around. Somewhere. Oh my God. Uh, all right, Rook. Yes, you can find me everywhere at Rookery, R-O-O-K-U-R-I, uh, Twitch and YouTube, mostly. Uh, I usually have one video going up a week, and I'm usually live on my own channel two to three days a week. And then I am on the Lightbringers Guild Wars 2 podcast on Fridays. I'm on this beautiful podcast on Saturdays, and I've been doing more shoutcasting recently, including... Tonight, I'm actually going to be shoutcasting a Crystalline Conflict tournament. Um, this is something that's going to be running over the next handful of weeks into June. Uh, so you'll be able to catch me, hopefully, many Saturday nights uh, shoutcasting this. But it'll be over on twitch.tv plus one. Plus one. Not plus one shot. Just, just plus one. Plus one. <laughs> um, and we're going to be doing the very first one tonight. So uh, Plus has put together some great events in the past. I can't wait, and I'm going to be starting it here in about 45 minutes, so hopefully I'll yeah, be Yeah, so we're going to end this show Please. so she can get some food. Please remember to sleep. I, I'm, I'm worried about you. Please remember to sleep. <laughs> I will try. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it here. If you guys want to email us, you can do that at radio at gamerscape.com. You can also find us on Twitter at radio. You can also find us as Gamer Escape on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Discord, discord.gg slash gamerscape. You can find our Final Fantasy XIV channel on there. We have a social channel. We have an Aetherite radio channel where you can talk to us about the show. So uh, make sure to check that out. That's going to do it for us this week. 
next week. Did, did we get that locked in next week? Next week? Oh, yeah, we Gucci, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, locked in. What do we do? What's locked in? Uh, next week, we're going to be talking with Liffy, uh, who helped organize all the World First stuff uh, over at Mog Talk. Uh, we're going to talk about the World First race and getting all that uh, behind the scenes stuff set up. It should be a really interesting conversation. I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to it. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See you. Goodbye.